0: Welcome to Nimmin Live, the number one place on the internet to learn about YouTube, network with other content creators and have an awesome time doing it. My name is Nick and today I'm answering questions about YouTube. If you're joining us live, I'm answering your questions. If you're watching this on the replay, there's timestamps down in the description of this or at the very bottom of the player. So I encourage you to skip through and just look at all of the different questions that we answered here during the stream today and see if there's anything that will help you out when it comes to growing your channel in terms of views, subscribers, revenue or dealing with a lot of the other problems that we have as content creators. So feel free to check the description for that. So for everybody that's hanging out here, what is going on? I hope that you are doing awesome. Super excited to get the stream rolling today. Um, And also, hey, Brian, what's up, dude? Nice to see you in here. Uh, What's going on, man? Hope that you're doing fantastic. Um, But as we get the show started today, I do wanna let everybody know that this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy. And hey, Brian, you got to stick around for like at least a little bit because I'm going to be showing something here. It's a riot. I'm going to be showing it here probably in just a little bit. Um, But you got to stick around just for a little bit so you can see it. But anyway, um, this stream is brought to you by TubeBuddy, which is the number one tool for uh, YouTube content creators. It'll help you with all kinds of things related to your YouTube channel. Helps you test your thumbnails um, against other thumbnails so that you can make sure that the thumbnails that you're making are effective for your viewers and a bunch of other YouTube helpful things. So make sure you check that out through the link down in the description or just go to TubeBuddy.com slash And this stream is co-brought to you by StreamYard, which is the live streaming platform that I use to live stream this every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern and the same tool that I use to live stream on Fridays for the news segment and the same tool that I use when I do the monetization channel review live streams. StreamYard is something I've been using for years. And the reason for that is because it's easy. They do all the heavy lifting in the cloud so I don't have to have a strong computer to run it. Um, if my stream goes down because it's hosted in the cloud, they keep everything open for me. So I can just come back in on my phone and I don't have to worry about losing the viewers that are currently there. And they make it easy to put graphics on the screen like you're seeing right here. They also make it very easy to bring guests in and you can play, you can show graphics in your stream. You can even play videos. You can even do pre-recorded live streams, but they just updated with a new feature that just went live yesterday, where you can also, if you're a StreamYard user, you can start sampling out from your live streams content directly within the editor that's inside of StreamYard, you can sample out shorts that you can either upload to YouTube or vertical content that you can upload to the other platforms. So if that sounds interesting to you and if you live stream for any reason, I recommend that you check out StreamYard.com or of course I've got a link to that down in the description um, also as well. So I have got something super excited um, for you guys today. So for those of you that have been around for a while and and, and know my love of music, um, you guys are going to just get a riot out of this for other people. When they see this, they're gonna be like, what's going on? Like, like, what did I stumble into here? This is ridiculous. But um, but I'm super excited to show it today once the opportunity presents itself. So just wanted to say, uh, you know, if you're a regular here, you got to stick around for when that uh for, for when I uh, for when I share that. Uh, but anyway, So as we get into the stream today, I do want to let you know if you are hanging out here live, um, there is a form that is down in the description of the stream right now where you can put your question in there. And it's 100% free, it doesn't cost you anything. So basically, if you have a question about what it is that you're doing on YouTube or a problem you're trying to solve or something you don't understand about YouTube, go ahead and put your question down in that form because during this stream, the whole thing here is that I just answer everybody's questions and I try to get through as many as I possibly can before the stream comes to an end. So because of that, if you if there's something that you're trying to uncover, then make sure that you do, you know, drop it in the form. Now, as a heads up, I'm not looking at channels directly from that form, at least not, you know, hey, look at my channel type of looking at channels. Um, but you know, if something does come up a question to where I'm like, yeah, you know, I might need to look at the channel for some context here or something like that, Then in that case, you know, maybe I might pull something up. But at the end of the day if you have a question you want answered that's what i'm here for so please um go ahead and get it down into that form so i can get it answered on the show today we don't have a ton of questions so if you do get it in there right now it will get answered you know on the on the stream today so um, I'm actually going to go ahead so we can go ahead and get right into the actual um, content itself. Jerry Popander says, Nick, we need a Nick and Pat Flynn freestyle rap collab. Man, we're close. <laughs> so close um, in terms of that. I mean, it's not that exactly, but I mean, it's kind of that. Uh, hey, 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 Herman, what's up, dude? Hope you're doing fantastic. Chantel, nice to see you in here as well. Um, Little Crafty Nook, nice to see you here. Hope that you're doing great. The Stock Explorer, nice to see you as well. Tia Truth, nice to, uh, nice to see you here also. So um, as we, yes, we just started a tale of a thousand miles. So we're going to be hanging out here for, you know, probably three hours um, or so. And my brother and uh, my brother D and uh, Daniel Batal, they also have a StreamYard live stream today where they're doing channel reviews for content creators. And that's a little bit later. Um, And I'll be directly linking to that, you know, as you know, we get closer to that time as well. Um, But we're going to go ahead and get into the content, go ahead and start answering your questions so we can get this thing rolling and, um, you know, start giving you, you know, what everybody is, uh, what everybody's here for today. So um, the very first question is um, from samples and tests. Samples and tests says they do variety content. The goal of the channel is to get a little better with each video and eventually get monetized and continue to improve. And the question is, have you seen any shorts ads? If so, on what devices? I generally watch shorts on a desktop computer with a browser, and I've not seen an ad yet. So for me, I'm a YouTube Premium user, so because of that, I don't see you know I don't see um, ads you know when I'm you know interacting with YouTube. Um, however, if you have like if anybody here is hanging out that has seen ads in YouTube Shorts. Um, If you just say yes, um, if you have or just say no, if you haven't, I'm just curious in terms of kind of like, a you know, pulse, like, you know, what, what are people experiencing with these ads? Because I know people are seeing them because, you know, we're getting ad revenue from them, even though it's not a lot. We're getting ad revenue for them. So I know that people are seeing them, um, but I just haven't seen any of the ads pop up personally yet. So another thing I think I'm gonna have to do for this is I'm gonna have to probably put on like a VPN or something, um, and you know, kind of make sure that I'm going over that over that side. So for one of my things this week, actually, is to spend some time just going like this until I see some ads, so I can see how everything's displayed and whatnot. Um, let's see. here. So yeah, so we've got some we got some nos in here. We've got you know a couple of yeses in here as well. So yeah, so um, so definitely you know some you know ads going out, um, some you know some of us not seeing them. Um, Doctor Nas says I'm definitely not retiring from shorts. Yeah, you know, one of the things when it comes to uh, YouTube shorts is, you know, you see a lot of people complaining about, you know, how little money they're making from YouTube shorts. But, you know, there's a there's one a few different things you got to consider is, you know, one is the amount of effort that it takes to do a short. In most cases, you know, some some shorts are like super high you know, production and things like that. But in most cases, shorts are a lot less work than doing a similar video. That's a long form video. Right. Um, So in terms of in exchange, what we're getting. I don't know, answer a comment, make a make a dollar. I don't know, it sounds sounds okay to me. And then in addition to um, in addition to that, though, When it comes to uh, YouTube Shorts, another thing that, you know, that I just like to make people think about, because this is something that I'm thinking about, is that, you know, when it comes to YouTube Shorts and advertising, um, I don't have any information on this, but I would guess that, you know, it's not something that advertisers are necessarily flooding to right now. A lot of, you know, major companies, I'm sure they're just kind of testing the waters and seeing like, hey, you know, what kind of return can we get on this? And, you know, they're trying to figure out what converts best and things like that. So because of that, once everything goes full throttle on YouTube shorts, then everybody will be making, you know, more money because it'll be more of a normal thing. Um, so, you know, because of that, just keep in mind that that's, you know, that's, that's something to, uh, you know, something to, to, you know keep in mind. Um and Jerry right here says that he heard from YouTube staff that the True Shorts revenue won't show until later in the month. Um so yeah, so all kinds of just interesting, you know, stuff like that um as well, but here's something that I can tell you for those of you that watched my news um segment yesterday. So, um, I shared this there as well, but um um TechCrunch, they have an article and in that particular article, it is the person I can't remember his name, I think it is um Tom or Todd. It's not Todd. Um, maybe it's Tom or Thomas. But anyway, he's in charge of um, YouTube shorts um, at YouTube. And um, he had shared that they are getting over 50 million shorts, sorry, 50 billion shorts views per day, which is st- staggering. No, it's not Todd B. It's 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 another it's the person in charge of shorts, not the homepage. Um, But yeah, it's like 50 billion like uh, views, uh, you know, per per day or something like that. It's it's just staggering in terms of the amount of traffic there. Granted, that happens across and you know, it's less than a minute at a time. So of course, it's going to add up quickly. But man, that is a lot of you know, activity happening in YouTube shorts that people can, um, you know, that people have the opportunity to uh, to tap into. So next up on our list um, here, we've got uh, Jaden. Jaden does daily content. They've been on YouTube for less than a month. Um, the goal of the channel is to get monetized. And the question is, I'm not getting any gifted memberships. Do so I need to be active in YouTube lives and um, chats? Yeah, so you don't get gifted memberships just out of the blue. Um, so basically, you have to be around when one of those drop is, is kind of the idea when people are, you know, kind of passing those out. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper viper man about tech in the house what is up my man hope that you are doing fantastic tube spanner danielle Super chat. thank you for the super chat i appreciate it, it says um i did a show about beavers last week the audience loved it one comment even said it's the best damn show on youtube got it <laughs> oh coffee table book you gotta do it gotta do it so uh, next question that we have here on the list is from k um, Kskis k uploads when they have time. They do gaming and reaction content. If you're a gamer, just say me. Um, if you are, you know, somebody that plays games um, on YouTube, Let's Plays, or if you're making, uh, you know, videos about games, teaching people how to solve problems in games, anything like that. If you make that type of content, um, just say me. But the, um, the type of channel is, or the goal of the channel, I'm sorry, is to get 100 subscribers and be consistent when making videos. And hey, thanks, Doug. And um, the question is, says morning, Nick. So the last video I did was over 20 minutes, and since I'm very lazy when I edit, I want my videos to be 15 to 20 minutes long. The thing is, though, that the game has lots of cutscenes, and the game doesn't um, has not that much competition to it. So how can I cut down the video today when I recorded the game so that way so that way the video is not too long, but it still shows enough cutscenes and gameplay. The, Game is called Fantasy Star Online 2 Genesis, if you're wondering. Okay, so when you are recording your gameplay just a couple things to keep in mind one is you can record in clips um, so basically i know on playstation you have the button i'm not sure what it is you're using to record but like let's say for example you're on a ps5 you have the option where you can just press that button and it'll record you know the clip for that particular thing and then you can just turn it off when you want and it'll record a new clip from there so when it comes to you know recording the content that you want for your game um i wouldn't have you know all the extra like you know scenes and things like that like if depending on, on what it is that you're how it is you're framing the game so if if you're playing the game as like a walkthrough and you're like, hey, you know, I'm showing like every aspect of this game, even the cutscenes, even like, you know, the loadouts and stuff like that, depending on the game, then in that particular case, um, you know, I'm gonna show everything. But if you're like, hey, I'm just showing, um, I'm framing or packaging in terms of topic title and thumbnail this particular video around, um, you know, the things that are actually happening in the game, then in that particular case, the people clicking on that will expect to see what it is that's happening in the game. So therefore you should experiment with cutting out you know cut scenes loading screens things like that and just focus on the content that shows them the things that they would expect when they you know click on that particular game so um so when it comes to your particular question um i would just consider you know like what's involved there in terms of the expectation that the viewer would have when they are you know coming into uh, coming into your content Ron Strains and things what's up man says um, the icon to reply to a comment with a short doesn't show up for me any idea why Um, if you are on an Android device then it won't show up for you so basically in the news yesterday I mentioned that YouTube has a major feature that they just rolled out Um, in the past they had it to where you could have a comment reply and it would just show up in the you know as a YouTube short now it shows up as a comment reply in the feed so basically when you go to reply um, you know like let's say some leaves a comment here and then you go to reply you can click on the the add a short option and then there you can add either a video you record right there on the spot or you can pre-record a video to answer that particular comment and when you publish it it's going to show in your shorts feed as long as it's public and it's going to end up showing in your comment section as a reply there which is awesome but the thing that i had in my notes to mention yesterday when i was sharing that was that currently they that is for iphone and it's going to be rolling out for android soon however um um, during that live stream yesterday, like I, I foolishly didn't plug in the camera and that caused my battery to die. And during the stream, I ended up having, like right right when it started, it's a seven minute live stream, right when it started, camera went down. Um, so I had to like, you know, grab my microphone and kind of walk around and, you know, swap the battery out and get everything, you know, kind of turned back on again while I was still sharing the news to keep everything moving because everybody was hanging out and you only get one shot, you know, I got one shot at that seven minute video because it's live. So, um, so because of that, you know, I just kind of shoot it on the spot. But then by the time I came back, I was a little bit disheveled and I just missed that part. So my mistake on not um, sharing that information. But Ron, in your case, specifically, I answered that question. And I pinned your question um, of you asking that in the pinned comment for that particular uh, video. So thank you for asking that, because that allowed me to give that reply and then pin it at the top. So hopefully more people will see that as well. So thank you. Um, let's see here. So as we keep on trucking here, our next question, we're on number four already. This is cool. Um, so we've got blue eyed tech. Blue Eyed Tech um, says that they upload when they have time, they do tech reviews. The goal of the channel is to grow a community and help people make buying decisions within the tech space. And the question is, hey Nick, hope all is well. Um, My question doesn't really have to do with my channel, but my son is wanting to start his own. My son is 10 years old and has been expressing interest in having a channel of his own. But from what I remember, I believe you have to be at least 13 to have an account. So you can have an account um, if you are supervising the account. So like younger people can have it, but they have to be supervised by the parent. Um, so if you go and you look in the community guidelines, I think is where you might find this, if not there, then it'll be in the terms of service. Um, but when it comes to that, there's also some stipulations that are there, like for example, and I'm pretty sure this applies to this exact scenario, but just double check it, you know, in their documentation, but, um, um. Um, I'm pretty sure you might actually have to be in the video somewhere as well, versus them, you know, just being there on camera by themselves. You might have to be like in the background there somewhere. You might have to be kind of hanging out with them or you know something like that if they are um, like if they are really young. So I would definitely just double check and look into that. Another thing you can do is you can go to the Google Help Pages. If you hop on Google and you just type in Google Help Pages, um, if you go there and then you put in you know age requirements for YouTube, then that will take you into the YouTube area of the Google Help Pages, and you should get a. a DM decent list of articles there that you'll be able to explore that will help you, you know, get the very specific details of what it is that you need to do there. Camera Shy Creative.
1: Welcome to the
0: Welcome to the Niminati. Welcome to the Make sure when you get the chance, you go to nimanvip.com. That's going to redirect you to this service that I'm using to manage the memberships called Members Amp. As soon as you connect, um, there is going to be stuff that you can like download and everything right away. Um, but you also, as part of that um, connection, you're going to have the option to go to our members only Facebook group. So make sure that you do that because we're going to be doing a live stream in there um, next week. So make sure that you go into the um, into. into to that particular section. And if you can do all of that sometime before the stream's over today, and I'm gonna be going for like three more hours. So if you can do that before the stream is over today, um, then I can can get you um, access to the Facebook group like as soon as the stream is complete today. So um, next up on our list we have um, Gina. Gina says, can you recommend me one to five thumbnail designers? No freelancer sites. Um, Seven hundred posts um, since June. Plastic surgery niche, um, niche hooks and trend jacking, but no views. Better thumbnails, titles, and well, here's the thing: when it comes to thumbnails and titles, um, in terms of very specific thumbnail designers, so if you go to um, customthumbnails.com, then um, they do that, you know, as a service there and they're content creators, so like they get it. Um, in addition to that, um, there's also a web so- website, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Patty Galloway is, but he's also you know, a pretty sizable YouTube channel. He talks about like YouTube creators, um, but he started a, a, a job site for YouTubers called YT Jobs. Um, if you just hop on Google and look for YT Jobs, I think it might be co.co, CO, not dot .com, but, um, but if you look for that, then um, basically they vet everybody that provides services there so that you're only working with people that have a history of working with people, or they can show the skills that they have. Um, so you can go there and, you know, look for thumbnail designers there. Keep in mind, when you are, you know, when you are using services like that, um, it's not like Fiverr, right? Because you said that, you know, no freelancer sites, it's not like Fiverr. The difference, though, is because it's not Fiverr, um, you're going to pay for it, right? So you know, some people over there will charge, you know, $250 a thumbnail, some people charge $100 a thumbnail. So it just really comes down to, you know, the designer that you pick the experience that they have, the type of content that you make, your budget, you know, those types of things as well. So, you know, when it comes to, you know, making effective thumbnails, um, especially depending, you know, on your niche, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's something that you got to learn to do yourself. Or um, if you want like a professional to do it, then you know, it's, it's probably going to end up costing you or you can go to, like upwork.com, you can hire somebody as like a part time, you know, designer um, that works for you. And you can put them through an interview process, you can look at their design work, and then you can just, you know, train them up on making thumbnails the way that you know that you want them to be made in terms of, you know, sharing with them, hey, they need to focus on this to help, you know, viewers identify it's about this thing, got to add some compelling elements to it, you got to, you know, um, you know, if if there's a person in it, um, you know, let's, uh, you know, Photoshop that person a little bit, let's lighten up the whites of their eyes a little bit, lighten up their teeth a little bit, you know, maybe smooth their skin just a smidge, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, But, you know, you can train them up there. But you can do that through upwork.com. And there's another place called onlinejobs.ph, which is pretty much upwork.com, except for the Philippines. Event yours Super spirit tracked. says um, for live guests in the room with you. Would you recommend high quality, high quality wireless mics or high quality mics on stands? Good question. Um, I would do stands for the sake of control. So if you have if you have a wireless microphone, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have people that while you are doing your live stream, and I know this is I know this is wired, right? But you're going to have people that that if it's wireless during your during your your stream, while they're not talking, they're just gonna be sitting there like playing, it's just human nature, right? Some people are just gonna be sitting there and they're not gonna do anything with it, but other people are gonna be sitting there and they're gonna be, you know, kind of fiddling with it. And then other cases are gonna happen to where you might have more guests than you do microphones. And then you're gonna have those awkward pauses of like, hey, pass the mic to this person. Should I pass this mic or should we pass this mic to that person, right? So I've been in those situations, that's how I know this. So, um, so because of that, you might want to um you know have your mics on stands. And then that way, if you have, you know, like sets of people in your show, then you could kind of put one on a stand in between the two. So then either person could kind of lean into, you know, talk to that mic or whatever. Um, And then that would give you the option to be able to, you know, to manage that as efficiently, you know, as efficiently as possible. But I would definitely put it on stands. Um, Another thing when it comes to stands as well, is it also helps you control where people are. So like, for example, you know, like you see how I have my cameras, you know, set up and everything set up, you know, for very specific angles to, you know, bring attention to different things and also to make sure I'm framed right and stuff like that just to make everything look good the same exact thing will apply to where if they have wireless mics they can kind of slouch they can kind of move around and kind of get into weird positions but if they have to be you know somewhere to where the mic is within range then in that particular case they're going to be kind of forced into a position that's going to ensure that they're going to be on camera they're going to be you know framed at least somewhat appropriately and things like that Um, event your spirits, uh, spirits. Thank you for super chat, super chat chat again, says clip wireless mics. Yeah. Even these, right. Um, if you mean like these types of things, yeah, same, same idea, right. To where, like, if, if people have those on also, um, you know, same thing, like to where they're not going to be, you know, playing with the microphone itself, but you're not going to be able to control in terms of, you know, where it is that they're sitting and stuff like that. Um, another thing to consider is when it comes to these microphones they these pick up a lot of background noise and things like that so your room has to be you know good and appropriate for this to where you don't get a lot of like fuzz and hiss and stuff like that if you use microphones like this then um, they're going to you know pick up you know the the person better in the room less but you're going to have to get an interface or something to you know to push these types of mics through for that you know the roadcasters you know are a good choice there's another one called the go XLR i think zoom makes one um, called like a pod something but it's like a four channel uh, you know a little pod thing that you can use as an interface as well lots of options um, but I would definitely you know I would definitely put them on stands and that will just help you control how people are framed and things like that if that's important to you if it's not and if it's stuff to where it's like hey we're just like hanging around a shop and I'm gonna be walking over here and this person's gonna be walking over here and we have you know people with cameras that are gonna be kind of following people around in that case then of course you know you would want to you know wire everybody up with a uh, lavalier or something so that you know everybody can move around around, you know, freely, because they would need to in a situation like that. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, I've got Lisa Dawson. Lisa Dawson says that they do uh, Hey, and, uh, angel Tanya, thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. The super sticker there. Viper man about Tech says appreciate all the fire you drop weekly. See you in Dallas. You know what? I can't wait anymore. All right, I'm gonna drop some fire right now, actually. This is the hardest song about coffee ever made. And um, I'm just gonna play it for you guys here. So this is my new Be Right Back screen. So when I have to like step away, for things. I was going to try to drop this in a more natural way, but I don't feel like I have to use the bathroom or anything like that full cup of coffee. So I'm good to go there, but, um, I'm going to warn you, this should translate. Okay. But right now I would just turn your volume down just a smidge, just to be on the safe side as this is starting to make sure that, um, that, you know, it doesn't blow you out because I'm not, I'm not sure how this is going to translate compared to my mic volume. So I'm going to figure that out after the live stream, but I'm just giving you that warning right now. And, um... So it looks like it's actually stuttering. Is that stuttering? Is that stuttering on your end? Yeah. So like with the codec, I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to play it again, but with the, uh, was it stuttering on your end? Just let me know if it was stuttering. Um, cause if it wasn't stuttering, then I'll play it. But if it was stuttering, then I'll just save it for another time. I tested it a bunch earlier and it was fine. <laughs> so, uh, just let me know. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the stutter, no stuttering. Perfect volume. Okay, okay, so then here we go, okay.
1: me a minute to get me a joe i'll be getting my fix in my kitchen but look at the logo the plug for the show it don't matter the flavor i'm gonna get haters a cup or a pot of the gold i just need you to hold for a little bit longer this song ain't a joke it's a banger you know where you don't Well, will hang or you won't but this thing isn't stopping till it's at the top and i go back upstairs man i hope i don't drop it. i know that it's hot it might seem one's enough but apparently not take a cinnamon shot mix it up on the spot give it a try you might like it a lot you
2: need to hit the Cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Feeling for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Feeling for caffeine. I need it in my mug. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup. Feeling for caffeine. Put your mugs up here. Put your cups up here. Put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it. Cheers. Put your cups up here. Put your mugs up here. Put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it.
0: All right. So that's my, that's my new taking a break song. So on my end, it was jittery. So I couldn't like fully, um, so I couldn't fully like enjoy it, but, uh, but yeah, so that's my new song for when I, you know, have to like step away for a little bit or whatever so that I can, uh, you know, it's kind of play that as my, uh, you know, as my way to keep you guys entertained, you know, while I'm, uh, you know, while I'm doing my, uh, my, you know, you know, you, know, you gotta use the bathroom sometimes, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, so we'll be uh, we'll I'll be dropping that, you know, from time to time, while we're, uh, you know, while we're doing this as well. And that also gives me the opportunity to kind of switch back and forth between like that and the diss track that uh, that I did with Brian G Johnson. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the uh, that's the thing. I've got a link, um, it's unlisted on the channel, I can drop that um, if you guys want it also. Um, but it's unlisted on my YouTube channel. Maybe I'll drop it in my community feed later or something like that. But uh, if you want that, then uh, then I can definitely drop that in there too. But okay, next question that we have, glad that you enjoyed it, by the way. Super fun making that. You know, with the type of content that I have or the type of content that I make, um, I don't get, you know, the, because, you know, I could do that type of creative stuff with the type of content that I make, but I'm, you know, I prefer to just, You know sit here and actually like tell you how to do the stuff right so um so because of that like i don't get that creative with my actual videos but you know for me that's like you know just a great creative outlet for me to be able to do you know stuff like that so (laughs) okay so our next question here is um from lisa dawson oh hey ron trains and thring says um here's a tip for the awesome java rap heading for another cup now myself that's what i'm talking about right there (laughs) thanks ron i appreciate it man um, but uh, let's see here. So, next up here, um, on the list, we've got um, Let's see here. Lisa Dawson. Lisa Dawson says that they upload one time per week or more. Um, They have a music channel. The goal of the channel says I want to provide a little dose of music and art into people's lives. My current goal is to increase watch time. And the question is, do you have any advice for increasing watch time and improving titles for a channel that mostly includes cover songs? I struggle for the usual advice for watch time um, as it's a song and I don't know how to keep attention throughout the video. And I struggle with titles as well. Can you... um, Uh, What can you write other than the name of the song and the artist? I'm really stuck with this. Thanks for all your help and advice. Um, So when it comes to you know, music channels, they are, you know, challenging when it comes to that kind of thing, because, you know, if you want to, you know, connect with the people that are interested in in that particular song, then you would need to have, you know, that song title, you know, somewhere in there. But then after that, um, of course, it's going to come down to you being able to wow the people that do click on it so that when they do, they're, you know, they they stick around because they're like, wow, I've never heard a version like this, like, you mean they took a Metallica song and they made it acoustic? That's incredible. Or they, or now they're playing it with like a violin. Wow, that's, that's insane. Um, So like when you're doing, um, or they're just singing it in some like amazing, you know, way or something. So when it comes to, you know, holding their attention, you can actually use with music, you can use your audience retention reports to kind of get a vibe for things in the song that maybe, you know, you might want to, you know, possibly change up for a new version or something like that, um, just based on that feedback that you get. But, you know, in terms of getting people to click on it in the first place, the, uh, you know, of course, having like the song in there um, would be the thing um, that you'd want to make sure that you do so you can get that connection. Making sure that you list that it's a cover um, would be another thing. But then the next part would be what do you put in the thumbnail, right? So of course you can put you in the thumbnail if you want to make sure that you're playing by all the rules and that you're not using, you know, any copyright protected material or anything like that, or... Of course, what a lot of people do when they make covers is a lot of people will also um, take, uh, they'll go to like wikipedia.com and they'll look for an artist over there and then they will look at the usage rights and make sure that they have the availability to use very specific photos. And Wikipedia shows you all this once you click into the picture. And then they'll take photos there of the actual artist and then they will use those as part of their thumbnails so that the person will see that artist in the thumbnail, that'll grab their attention. They look at the title, figure out it's a cover. And then, you know, somebody's really into that music, then of course, you know, they can, um, they can, you know, uh, you know, click into it from there and, uh, and check that out. So, um, so when it comes to that, you know, you do have a challenge ahead of you, but really it's going to, over time, it's going to really come down to, you know, you and you making music and just slowly fan by fan that comes into what it is that you're doing to where they're like, wow, I really like their stuff. And I really like the sound of their voice or whatever instruments you play, or however it is that you're, you know, um, covering the music. Um, When you, you know, start having those people just one at a time, then, you know, you'll end up, you know, growing your base there. And, As you are doing that, Um, then what's going to happen is as you do start, you know, getting in front of that one person at a time, that's like, wow, this is really good. Then when you publish that next video, those people are going to be more inclined to watch it, right? So for example, um, like Drew Project, he's in here um, a lot. I don't know if he's here right now, but he's in here a lot. And like in in his case, because I watch some of his covers. So what happens is since I watch some of his covers, the ones that are interesting to me in terms of my music tastes, when those come up, I'm like, oh, I'd love to see his version of this because I like his covers. So because of that, I'll click into those and watch those. But then when he does something that's outside of my interest, then in that particular case, I don't care because I'm not really into that particular song, right? So one thing that can be helpful for you, and I know as a musician that this is um, a challenge within itself, but another thing um, that would be helpful for you is to think about, okay, if I'm gonna be doing covers, what type of covers could I do that like typically like a certain either a certain generation would you know really appreciate or you know certain types of people would appreciate or something like that and then by doing that that allows you to focus on like certain types of music that would be you know that would make it to where in that case with me and Drew Project would make it To where your viewers would be more inclined to click on more of your videos, because they would align more with, you know, with, with your musical tastes, so to speak, and how you're doing your covers themselves. So, uh, so hopefully that helped, um, let's see here. So next up, um, cloudy view, um, this is not a channel review live stream, but I am answering people's questions. I have a form down in the description below where everybody can get their questions answered for free. Um, they are on a first come first serve basis. And I answer as many as I possibly can before the stream ends. Um, so typically I don't get to them all, but right now, um, we're moving through them pretty quick and we don't have a ton of questions. So if you do have something, get it down there and, um, and, and we're kind of like this on, you know, if it'll get answered today, but most likely it will, um, if you get it in there. But even if it doesn't, it might pop up somewhere else um, in terms of either in a video, um, or you know, maybe a podcast or something like that. So um, the next channel, the channel name is Kato simple, Kato simple um, does Kato product reviews, weight loss journeys, Kato recipes, and some video interviews. The goal of the channel is to help others who may feel lost on how to lose weight like I was for so long. And the question is, I struggle with shorts and full-length views. I put a good amount of work into them, try to make them informational, funny and helpful, though they just tend to fall flat. What more could I be doing without sacrificing my channel integrity? So if you are doing shorts and full-length videos, and you put a good amount of work into them, one thing to make sure that you are thinking about is when it comes to, Lisa, my pleasure, and thank you for the super chat. chat. And um, um, when it comes to you know, putting the, 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 the work in um, and you know videos falling flat, so there's a couple things to make sure that you are keeping in mind is, and this is you know, especially when it comes to not sacrificing your channel integrity, right? Is we are not rewarded necessarily by the amount of work we put into the videos that we publish shorts or long form right like you'll see some videos on youtube that'll have like millions of views and they're pretty much effortless videos and then you'll see other videos that will have you know millions of views that that is clear that they put tons and tons of 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 money effort time and energy into Um, and then you're gonna see it on the other side as well To where people you know that are just getting the ball rolling they might have you know they might have invested you know into a bunch of camera equipment, you know things like that and everything like looks great. But maybe they still haven't learned how to pull people through a video to where that video will be at least competitive for the platform or maybe they still haven't learned how to create titles and thumbnails that people will respond to. Um, Maybe they are still having trouble figuring out, you know, the right topics to make for the audience they're trying to reach, or maybe the content that they're making is too scattered in terms of not really targeting a particular group of people, which would cause people to not be able to binge watch the content as much, which would make the channel less subscribable. Um, And when you are publishing a video on one topic, and then you publish a video on another topic that is wildly different, then you know, you would have the people that responded to the one that Won't respond to the other which will hurt your click through rate click through rate on that video as well so basically you have all these different variables going on and when it comes to you know thinking that like hey i put in lots of time into this so therefore i should be rewarded with you know views it doesn't work that way how it works is the viewers are the quality control so everything that we do um it like the response that we get from the people that are interacting with the content They are the people that determine if it continues to get views or not. So how the system works. And I like to, you know, I like to mention this in every live stream when possible. I'm actually working on a video about this too. But basically how the system works is, you know, when you first publish a video, it goes to the people that are that are your core group of people, right? The people that are, that are the most engaged in your YouTube channel, or if they even if they've never seen your channel before the people that are the most likely to be interested in that particular video based on all the data that YouTube has on that particular user, right? So what happens is, based on how those people respond to it, it's going to go out to another group of people or a bigger group of people. And then based on on how those people respond to it, it's going to go out to a bigger group of people and so on. So what can happen is you can publish a video, and it can just stay in this group right here and not even get off the ground, because the people that were interacting with that video just didn't respond well to it. Um, Even if it was, you know, 10 people or 100 people, if they didn't respond at a competitive level, then you know, then you might stay here for a while, it doesn't mean that you're not going to long term end up getting views on that, maybe YouTube will learn better who the audience is for that and show it to the right people in the future. And that video might, you know, get more steam later. But the idea is, you know, you have to get through these different thresholds of viewer groups, so to speak, so that when you publish a video, like like people have to respond to it. So what you can do is you can go and all of us can do this with our content is you can actually go into your um, YouTube analytics for all of your videos and you can see that YouTube is giving you an impression. What an impression is for those of you that are that are new to YouTube and, and, and are not familiar with that language is an impression is when YouTube shows your video to somebody somewhere on YouTube. That's it. So instead of calling it impressions, they should just say when we show your video to somebody, right, make it easy for all of us. But um, but basically an impression is when they show your content to somebody on the platform. So if you go into your video and you see, have hey, gotten hundred impressions, but I have zero views. That means that YouTube is trying to show your video. YouTube is showing your videos to people. but people aren't responding to them. If you go and you're like, Hey, I got, you know, a thousand impressions. And I just have like these few views. Then that means YouTube showed your video to a thousand people. You just couldn't get those people to respond to the video. So when it comes down to, you know, the work that you put in, you know, there's a lot of moving parts with this. And this whole thing comes with a learning curve, just like anything else that you're going to do, just like playing a sport or an instrument or going into any career or any hobby everything comes with a learning curve attached to it so when it comes to youtube and and first getting that you know initial momentum um, for some people they can pick it up really fast because the type of content that they make is more broad audience or they just really understand the audience that they're trying to reach Um, maybe they are you know putting out maybe they've you know invested in the you know camera quality maybe they have some background skills that they brought with them onto youtube those sorts of things and they hit the ground kind of running and then you'll see them accelerate faster. And then you know, like with my brother's channel, right, it didn't take him long to to reach 100,000 subscribers. And then you have, you know, other people that will come on, and they will not invest in themselves in terms of learning the things necessary in terms of like, saying, Okay, this is where I'm at right now. And it's not working for me. So now I need to figure out what I have to do to get to that next, you know, that next step, which, you know, usually comes down to one of the different uh, jobs that you have as a content creator, learning how to do one of those things better. So for example, it could be writing better titles, coming up with better video ideas, um, making better thumbnails that will, you know, help your audience identify that that content's for them, maybe making, you know, the content better, working on the hooks of your videos, working on your storytelling, working on, you know, all aspects of what it is that you do. But when it comes to, you know, putting in all that work and, you know, your videos being funny and helpful and all of that, but they fall flat, just keep in mind that, you know, when you are getting started with this, just like anything else that, you know, that, that you're kind of paying your dues right now, so to speak. But once you get things dialed in on the skill set side and You'll usually be able to identify that because you'll start noticing that people will start responding to your videos better. Then once those two things happen, that's going to put you in a place to where you're making content that's competitive for the platform. And then as soon as you do that, then you're gonna start noticing all of your average view counts are gonna start rising up. Now, depending on the type of content that you make and specifically how people respond to your content, you might hit another ceiling from there to where it's like, now I'm only getting, you know, X amount of, you know, uh, now I'm only getting like, you know, a thousand views video where I was before I was getting, you know, 100 views per video, before the video peters out. So then the same exact thing applies to where it's like, okay, well, I got to go back to work. And then this is this particular scenario in terms of like, you know, breaking through all these different thresholds. This is where content creators, you know, are also faced with the thing of like, what am I willing to do to get to that next level, right? And some people are willing to, you know, kind of step up and be like, okay, if that means I have to go nose down and spend the next like three months learning how to make a good thumbnail, then I'm going to do it right other people will be like I'll just keep making thumbnails and people just keep responding the way they respond, that's fine, not a big deal. And then those people will you know, keep getting the results that they you know, are getting with an occasional breakout video, right, instead of raising the instead of raising that ceiling, you know, over time. Um, Let's see here. So C3 Tech Tips. Thanks for the super chat. Says, hey, great information. Love the pragmatic and analytical approach. Um, This is a learning process. Thanks for helping decrease the learning curve. Thank you for the for the super chat. And I'm glad that you're enjoying the content. And you know, when it comes to this stuff, you know, um, it's, you know, it's just like I was saying before, you know, because you're you're on tech tips, you know, it's kind of like, um, YouTube is like an extreme version of like getting a new phone, like switching operating systems. Like if you're on Android and then hopping on iPhone or on iPhone and hop on Android, you know, you're going to fumble around, you're going to try to figure it out. But eventually, you know, if you use the phone enough, you're gonna be like, Oh, I know exactly where to go to do this and do this. If I'm having trouble, I can troubleshoot it here. And I know how to screenshot and all these little tips and tricks about it, blah, blah. Like, you know, over time, you're going to, you know, fall into, you know, that category to where it's like, okay, now, now I can use this phone fluently. YouTube is the same exact way. So, you know, like a lot of you here that have, you know, developed the skills over time, you could start a new YouTube channel. And in a relatively short amount of time, that channel would be picking up momentum, because you know, all the things to do, and you know, and you have all the skills that are required to, you know, make those things happen. So because of that, anybody here that has a channel and that understands why the channel succeeded, and continually puts out content that people respond to anybody here, you can start another YouTube channel, and you'll be able to get that channel rolling um, in a similar way as well, as soon as you understand the audience because you got all the other stuff taken care of. Um, Low Crafty Nook says, hey, Nick, love your music videos. Truly a great way to unwind. Could you please expand on the difference between projects and events within an editing program? I'm using Final Cut Pro. Thanks. So um, I don't use Final Cut Pro. I know how to use Final Cut Pro, but I'm not a Final Cut Pro user. Um, the only reason that I know how to use Final Cut Pro is when I got my MacBook Pro, I was like, hey, let me you know just learn how to use it because you know I got a Mac. Now I have the opportunity, so let me see how to use it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not fluent in uh, Final Cut Pro. So because of that I'm, I'm a horrible person to ask for that however Doug Houston he might be able to type out a quick reply because um, I know that he uses Final Cut Pro and I think Chantal might as well um, but if any of you um, that are hanging out here if, if anybody here uses Final Cut and you know the solution to um, that particular problem or you could explain you know the difference between projects and events um, in a short enough time that will give you that you know that the chat characters give you I'd super appreciate um, super appreciate that Um, elite landscape life story says YouTube gave me over a million impressions last year. They do try. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 88 glow Thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate it. Um, synergy gaming says, Hey, Hey, so I want to stop making regular form videos and switch to focusing on live streams and shorts. How do I go about doing it the right way? Um, so when it comes to the shorts, make sure that those are in alignment with the people that you're trying to reach publish on a regular basis um you know the more the better because it's just getting flooded right now um two when it comes to live streams make sure that your live streams are also in alignment with the audience that you're trying to reach and ex- experiment with different formats of your live streams so i see that your gaming channel so because of that have some live streams that you do that are like you know just let's plays where people are hanging out have other ones that you do to where maybe you're hopping on a trend of let's say i i don't know what games you're playing but i know like fortnite for example and they have like the the new seasons come out and they have these like big events, the channels that hop on the front end of those, um, you know, those will just get crushed with traffic, you know, during that moment, and they'll generate a lot of subscribers just while everybody's sitting there waiting for, you know, the the new game to drop. Um, so, you know, make sure that you are working in those types of things where possible. Um, you in order to, 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 you know, get ahead on that kind of stuff, make sure that you are also following, you know, any game resource that you can possibly follow, make sure that you're on Reddit following you, the individual subreddits on the games that you play so that you can know when things are coming and stuff like that so that you can start talking about it about them ahead of time you do a live stream where the whole live stream is just you talking about you know how how excited you are for this game or the things you've noticed about some of the previews that have dropped for it things like that to where you can kind of be one of the participants to kind of help build up you know hype about a new game that's coming out and then capitalize on the traffic you know by doing so um so so i would do that and then also you know when it comes to not doing the regular you know uh long videos um if you're not going to do those anymore You know, there isn't like anything that you have to do, you know, per se, um, in terms of, you know, there's nothing you have to do, just leave those videos there and then just start in the new direction with shorts and live streams. If that's the direction that you're wanting to go. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list, I'm making sure that we are all caught up. We are okay. So next up on the list, um, we've got Kato simple. Oh, wait, I did this one already. So let me go to the next one. And if you're just joining us, we are talking about YouTube, all things related to YouTube. So um, I have a form down in the description where uh, people are putting their questions in there, and I'm answering them in the order that they are received. And um, basically, I'm just answering, you know, questions that people have about growing their YouTube channels. Mac80s Entertainment, thank you for the uh, super sticker there. Super appreciated. To level up, what's going on? Hope you're doing great. Welcome to the stream. Um, next up, we've got craft is the name of the channel here. Um, they've been on YouTube for less than six months. Um, just drop in the chat really quick. For those of you that are hanging out here, um, how long you've been on YouTube? Um, just let me know how long you've been on YouTube for like one year, six months a day. Haven't started yet. You know, like how long, uh, how long have you been? Uh, how long you've been on YouTube, um, but they do tutorial and how to content. The goal of the channel is to not work for a boss love that. And the question is, Hey, Nick, I'm a creator for three months now. And I was wondering about a month ago, my views were higher than what they are. Now, if I go to my CTR and a new upload, um, your video is reaching a broader audience, what does that mean? Um, so basically, when your videos are meet- reaching a broader audience, that means um, if you were here earlier, when I was talking about the initial groups that um, that YouTube, you know, shows your content to, basically, you've broken through that initial, you know, group threshold, or maybe a couple of them. And that means that your videos are going out to more people than normally see your videos based on the response that you're getting. Um, so because of that, you're, you know, you're, you're heading in the right direction. So nice work on, you know, getting that. And then of course, getting that notification. So we have uh, rapid repair DIY. They've been on YouTube for three months. We've got fitness central eight months, Flash in your pan for a long time. Absolutely. I think flashing your pan, you've probably been on probably as long as I have, if you know, or, or around that time, yellow shirt, dad, two years, wrestling scenarios over a year. Jax has been on for a year. J um, Jadel rock starting their third year. switch well uh, resin tumblers three years nice normal mode TV almost three years Rachel Smith's five years nice nice a lot of uh, yeah a lot of a lot of time here we got a little crafty nook four years now nice nice um, so the next uh, question that we have here and, and really quick on your on the channel here for uh, craft tuber so what you know with your goal of not working for a boss one thing that I do want to um, you know also remind you of is you know make sure that, you know, especially, you know, it seems like you're focusing on like, hey, let me just make, you know, learn how to make the, you know, good content. And you're doing that and people are starting to respond better to it. So the next thing, if you're not doing this already that I would encourage you to do, because you are looking at this as a way to either generate like a side income or a full income. Um, So the next thing that I'd recommend is start monetizing your content, if you're not already. So I have monetization live streams that I've done um, in the past, I've got another one I'm doing Monday. And basically, with those monetization live streams, what we do is we look at YouTube channels and just kind of brainstorm on different ways they can monetize anybody that's trying to make you know, living off of YouTube, I really recommend that you check out those live streams, because they're they're just jam packed with a lot of really good information of different ways you can monetize different types of content. Um, so definitely make sure that you check that out. But one thing that I want to recommend to you here. Um, uh, Craft tuber is Go ahead and start getting some monetization things into place because you already have YouTube you know, advertising if you're in the partner program and you have all of the on-platform options you know, that you'll unlock as you go along if you don't have them already. But you also need to start thinking about if you're doing crafts and tutorials and stuff like that, all the different things that you use <clears throat> for your content.
1: If you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend
2: right now
0: all the different things that you use for your content, um, you know, all the different things you use to make your crafts, make sure that you make those available as an affiliate. In addition to that, think about other things that you can do to monetize and start getting some of that stuff in place now, because if you can do that, then your income is going to grow as your YouTube channel grows so that, you know, down the road, you're going to be like, hey, I'm glad that I put all this stuff in place because now I have an army of videos working for me on my behalf to, you know, drive revenue. Whereas if you just wait until you get to a certain point, then you're only going to have the videos from that point on. So I really recommend that you uh, do that. Backpacker Sam, thanks Thanks for super chat. <laughs> says, um, hey Nick, hope you're doing great. I am, thank you. Um, says, I have a new channel and uh, so far I only have 27 subscribers and five videos. Any tips on growing my channel? Absolutely. So the very first, um, Sam, is to make sure that you are thinking about who it is that you're trying to reach with your content and get very specific here and get into as much detail as you possibly can and the reason that this is important is because you're going to use this information to better connect with the people that you're trying to reach from the outside in terms of your topics your titles and your thumbnails and you're also going to use this information to better connect with them when they're watching the content as well so make sure that you are really learning the audience that you're making content for because a lot of times content creators will make videos and they'll just make videos about all of the stuff but they're not really thinking about okay who is it that i'm actually trying to get to here so in your case you're doing backpacking content I don't know if you're like traveling around just kind of, you know, uh, doing like, you know, like travel vlog type things, or if you're teaching backpackers, you know, all the different equipment, you know, things like that. So just as a scenario, if you were, you know, let me just look at your channel really quick, just for context here. So I can make sure to send you in in the right direction here if you're uh, just getting started. Um, the ultimate guinness experience in Dublin, first time traveling in Dublin. Okay, so you're a travel vlog. Okay, perfect. So um, a couple things that you are going to run into, just as a heads up as a travel vlogger, is if you are, you know, going to different, you know, continents and things like that, the typical experience that travel vloggers have is they will have, you know, different audiences for different, you know, content that they're putting out. Um, but you are going to be defaulting on, you know, entertainment. I'm gonna guess you're probably looking for people around like the same age range. Um, so because of that, um, I would just make sure that you are thinking about because people use travel content for different things. So I would make sure that you do get very clear on what things you want people to use your travel content for. What I mean by that is some people use travel content to learn the best places to go to right? Hey, I'm traveling, I'm going to Chiang Mai, Thailand, and I want to I want to know the best places to go. So I'm going to go watch this. I'm going to go watch Patty Doyle, because he has a bunch of videos about Thailand. Um, and he has, you know, all of these great experiences that he's been on. And I'm just going to go watch some of his experiences and see what's going on there. So you have that to where you can kind of watch, you know, the you know, where your viewers can watch your experiences that you have, and they can get information that way. Then you have other types of travel content to where it's like, hey, I'm just giving you the 10 different things that you that you need to check out if you hit Chiang Mai, right? So then you have that. So the difference between those two, and then you also have the audience that's just living vicariously through, you know, the content creators that they watch, you know, on the, on these journeys that they take. So if I were to use like Patty, for example, in his case, you know, people are living vicariously through him because he's going to these epic adventures. He's traveling like all over, you know, all over Asia, all over, you know, all over the place. And he's really good at storytelling. And, you know, he takes people on these just awesome experiences that he has. And they're a really good time. So like, if you watch his videos, you feel like you're a part of them. And you're like, wow, I, I can't wait for this next adventure because I just want to watch it. Right. And then you have other content creators, or not content creators, I'm sorry, but you have other viewers that that wouldn't necessarily vibe with that because they're the type of viewer that doesn't feel that way when they watch content. Instead, they just want to see like, hey, what? What? Okay, I just want to know the best places to go. I want to know the things to avoid. I want to know the things I got to bring with me. I need to know this, that and the other thing if you're targeting that type of viewer then in that case having as many like helpful videos about all the areas that you go to would be the approach to take there of course you can mix in you know some different things as well but having that core content of like okay i'm trying to reach people that are either interested in travel and they're and their you know um and, and i'm going to help them you know have an awesome experience when they come or they're going to be living you know vicariously through me so therefore i need to structure everything it is that i'm doing in a way that creates the best stories possible and creates the best experience possible for those people but just trying to the thing i'm trying to get at is making sure that you are just getting clear on like, you know, the type of viewer that you're trying to reach and exactly the value that you're gonna offer them. Um, That's gonna be super important on your journey because if you mix all of that stuff up and it's not really clear in terms of like, I watch one of your videos and I got tips on this and I watch another one of your videos and you're taking me on this like 30 minute journey, different types of people, right. So because of that, um, I really recommend that you that you just focus right now on like, you know, figuring out your audience in terms of who it is that you're trying to reach, and then making sure that you serve those people in the best way that you possibly can. In addition to that, um, YouTube gives us analytics, um, they give us statistics behind every single video that we publish. As a travel channel, you're going to be doing all kinds of different things. But within all of those different things, you will have patterns. Here's me on a motorbike, here's me in a taxi, here's me talking about this, here's me talking about this in my hotel room, here's me talking about this on site. Here's me talking to these other people, you know, that are locals, here's me doing this, that and the other thing. So start paying really close attention in your audience retention reports to the things that keep viewers watching. So it's like, okay, if I'm talking to them in a a taxi cab, um, do they typically stick around during that part? Or does that background ambient noise or maybe the motion that's looking out the window? Does that cause people to, um, you know, for the motion that's going on behind you in a taxi cab, does that cause people to, you know, leave the video for whatever reason, and just start looking for little similarities in the retention Drops like that, so that you can kind of patch those holes over time once you notice patterns in the way people are experiencing your content. So, I'm going to move on to another question um, just because that, you know, um, because I've spent some time on that, but hopefully that helps. And another thing that I want to tell you also is that, you know, you're just getting started on YouTube, you just got a few videos. Um, When it comes to this, The the learning curve um, is the is typically the the filter that will cause a lot of people to stop. So if this is something that you want to do for any reason, then just make sure that you do see it through and that you work on your skill sets as well as you know, making sure that you're consistently publishing content, as well as you know, learning your audience and all that make sure that you are consistently like figuring out how do I make my videos better? How do I make better thumbnails? How do I write better titles, things like that. In some cases, you can shortcut that learning curve by hiring out. Um, I know some people will hire out for thumbnails. Some people hire out for video editing. Some people hire out for script writing, things like that. So depending on, you know, the, the things that you're best at and the things that you most enjoy, um, you know, you can also consider that, but just embrace the learning curve, um, and, and see it through. And then if you do that, you'll end up in a, you'll end up in a good spot. Shark scrapper up, man. Hope you're doing awesome. Says I got my first unsolicited request to review a product and become an affiliate for a product. This is a good fit or that's a good fit for my niche. YouTube recommended one of my videos to them and they liked what they saw. Awesome. Yeah, that's another awesome thing about the recommendation system, right? So from a business perspective, this is a cool thing about YouTube is like, in that case, you know, they saw one of your videos and they came in like, hey, let's hit this person up, which is cool. But, uh, For anybody here that has a business, you can use YouTube in the same way to actually get customers. So once you start making content for, you know, that specific audience that you're trying to reach, and YouTube detects the people that are enjoying your content, and you've, you know, figured out that those are the type of people that typically convert into your, you know, product or your service or whatever, then, you know, all you have to do from that point is just make really good content for those people. And then YouTube does all the heavy lifting in terms of recommending your content to all the right people, um, or at least a lot of the right people that will come in and will actually become part of what it is that you're doing or become customers or whatever the thing is, which is pretty awesome. So it works in a bunch of different directions there. <laughs> Spike Wade, thanks for the super, super chats. I've been chance. thinking about changing my channel name and rebranding just a bit. I've already built an audience though, is this a bad idea? I think it's fine. Um, so, you know, when it comes to rebrands, like if somebody has your name, for example, then in that particular case, it's like, okay, well I need to, you know, I need to get something that's a little bit more unique so I can kind of solidify the, you know, the internet branding for it across all the different social accounts and stuff like that. Then in that particular case, um, it's like, okay, well, um, you know, yeah, I've got you know, an audience a little bit, but if you, if you have like a big channel then I wouldn't necessarily rebrand, because p- there's going to be a lot of people that know you, but if you're like, you know, 5,000 subscribers, you know, 10,000 subscribers a rebrands perfectly fine. Um, but one thing that I would do is on your, about me page is I would make sure that you put the new channel name and then also say formally spike Wade. Um, so that in the event that other people are looking for you, that could, that could help you end up, you know, showing up, um, when people are looking for spike Wade also um let's see we're gonna get back into the form here in just a second just answering a couple more of these super, super chats chat. um so Anthony spade uh, reaction says I had one of my videos go viral and now my channel um is dying off after three years how do you get my channel uh yeah how do you get my channel back to normal views so uh, so content creators love the idea of going viral. But when they go viral, this is in a lot of cases, this is the type of thing that happens. So basically, um, one thing that is really good about going viral is it gives you that like growth moment to where it's like, wow, you know, now I'm, you know, I've like established myself. But then sometimes there can be like a recovery period if it's not followed up by more content that is also, you know, serving that audience and that they respond to in a similar way, in terms of it also goes somewhat, you know, viral or gets lots of views on it. So when you are are um uh you know in that recovery period what has happened is let's say that you had a video and it suddenly got you know let's say like 5 million views on it and I'll just go you know high for that so let's say you have you're normally getting you know uh 10,000 uh you know uh views per video or 20,000 views per video you have one pop now you've got 5 million views well, if you go and you look in the stats for that particular video, you probably had a substantial amount of people uh, uh, subscribe to that video and just interact with that video in general. Um, you had 5 million people that watched that video, at least to some extent that YouTube deemed a lot of them had a satisfactory experience, which is why it you know, ended up viral. So what can happen is, When you start publishing your next videos, they're going out to a lot of those people because they are, you know, YouTube has decided, the system has decided that those people are interacting with your content, they're enjoying it, so therefore let's show some of your content to them. Where it ends up being difficult to follow up viral content is if you don't have other videos that are, you know, topically similar that, you know, that are structured in a way to get a similar response and you can also, it also makes sense for the people that watch that big video to watch this other one. Then in terms of the things that they care about, then in that particular case, what can happen is this can get presented on all these different homepages, but then a small percentage of them might respond to it. And because of that, that just keeps happening over and over for a handful of your videos until some of that audience kind of fades away because they're not interacting with your content, which means they're not in your recent, uh, you're not in their recent viewer history, um, which then can cause, you know, over time, everything to kind of correct right so then you're you know engaged people that are continuing to engage will still see your videos and they'll still click on them come in and enjoy the content but the big masses of people when they don't respond it ends up hurting your click-through rate and it ends up hurting you know everything because it makes it look like they don't you know they're not into the content right so um so in terms of getting back on track see it through but the next thing that you want to think about is I'm not sure what the topic of that video was, but whatever that video was, what you should do is for the next video that you publish is sit down, spend, you know, it's Saturday. If you're, if you're in the States, you're just waking up. So spend all day today thinking about, okay, the people that watch that video, I'm going to read through my comment section and I'm going to see if there's anything in the comment section that I could kind of latch on to make a video about um, about maybe something I didn't talk about there didn't show there or something that I didn't do there. Um, in addition to that, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to brainstorm until I come up with something that would be a video that the people that watch that viral video that if it were to show up on their homepage, if they logged onto YouTube to hang out NickStream, stream, if they or just watch any other content on YouTube, if that video were to show up on their homepage, topically, what could I do? with a video. That, that particular group of people that watch this video would feel like oh that's an I need to watch that video right and spend all day if you have to um, spend two days three days if you have to trying to think of a perfect match for that next video um, and the reason that you want to do this is because YouTube is still going to recommend your videos to some of those people right so a great example of this um, Daniel Batal um, a lot of you know a lot of the a lot of you that are hanging out here know Daniel so he had a video go viral um, about uh, I think it was last month about uh, Fillmore so because he knows what he's doing he ended up chasing that video with additional content related to the things that those people that were dealing with that problem would you know would be interested in because of that every video after got a substantial amount of views until he talked about something else that they didn't care about and then that was when the that was when the you know when you know when the when the show kind of stopped for that particular you know segment of uh, or or that particular series of his content. Now he has followed it up with, you know, additional videos as well. And those have also done okay. But in terms of, you know, that initial follow up, he did the right thing there. But when you throw in that, you know, that other video and then people don't respond as well, then, you know, that ends up kind of shrinking that, you know, group down a little bit. So um, so in your particular case, you know, I would just make sure that you are focusing on like what video would be a perfect fit for these people next, and then make that video. Um, Let's see here, Dave Custom RC. Hey, my pleasure, man. Glad you're enjoying the content. Congratulations to you for getting your first 1000 and um, on your way to two. (laughs) Nice work, man. So um, next up on our list, um, and I'm going back into the form um, for this one. So next up here, we've got... uh,
1: if you're enjoying the show, remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend right now.
0: Next up, we've got I'm Worth It. I'm Worth It says that they do mindset edutainment um, for entertainer, uh, entertainers and entrepreneurs. The goal of the channel is to empower entertainers and entrepreneurs to self-sufficiently break free of the notion that you need a day job or you can't make enough money on YouTube slash social media to sustain yourself. Question. Appreciate you, Nick. Thank you appreciate you too. It says, I'm working on growing my channel and community and getting into the YouTube partner program. I'm struggling financially. Um, it's worth it. I have no source of income besides a few bucks from Facebook and my U.S. Army veterans benefits. How can I start to make money from my merch, Patreon, et cetera, faster without appearing needy and without people thinking that it's scammy? Okay. First, we're going we're to talk about that. So the next part of this is how do I get people to trust me and understand that I want to help them? What value can I give them in my Patreon that will make them like, whoa, I need to sign up. Um, I cannot thank you enough for all you do for us. Um, You're a great person. You really care. Um, That alone is worth more than any amount of money. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful for you, D, Brian, Roberto, and Daryl. And hug popcorn for me, please. By the way, I bought uh, Daryl's YouTube formula book, which is this, by the way. Told him he needs to start giving you a commission for that. Um, You're worth it. I'm grateful. Liberty v. justice. So um, when it comes to thank you for the kind words, um, and I'm glad that you're enjoying all the content and um, all of of, um, that stuff as well. Um, When it comes to um, making more money. So when it comes to YouTube, um, and just social media in general, if you like, if I had to start from scratch, I would be able to generate a full-time living from this stuff, um, very quickly, probably within like three months. And the reason for that is because I have the skills required. Um, I know how to research, I know how to do all of the things that would, you know, make that possible. I know how to monetize a YouTube channel. Um, and Because of that, you know, I would have that going into it, um, which would help me be able to do that quickly. Now, in your particular case, I'm not sure where you are at in terms of, you know, the skills that you have in terms of how people are currently responding to your videos and that sort of thing. So um, I need to be real with you here um, in this particular scenario and tell you that depending on where you are at in terms of your skill sets, the amount of views you're getting on your videos, things like that, keep heading in the direction that you're going, keep trying to publish more, keep trying, you know, all the different, you know, platforms, all of that, make sure you're publishing as much content as you are able to, but make sure that it's all quality content. um, And make sure that you do have like affiliate links and, you know, things like that. And, you know, of course, Patreon and merch and all that as well. But one thing that I can tell you is when it comes to, Um, being able to, you know, get money relatively fast, you'll probably do better doing review videos and as an affiliate than, you know, trying to get people over to your Patreon. And the reason for that is because unless you have some type of offer for Patreon, that like you're saying is something like, oh, I, I need to go sign up for that now. Unless you have something like that, and there's not a lot that is like that, right? But unless you have something like that, then in that case, the next thing is like, okay, what, for the type of content that I make, what types of products and services can I help bring attention to people about? And what videos can I make for YouTube search? I'm going to target these for YouTube search about very specific products and services that the people that are interacting with my type of content would enjoy or would get value from. And then I would start making a lot of content like that. Now, when it comes to doing that on the affiliate side, make sure that if possible, with the type of content that you make, that you do find um, some things that are recurring if they are available for the type of content that you make in the audience that you're trying to reach. What I mean by that is when people sign up for it once, then they pay every month. So for example, I have a website called tubertools.com. It has a membership side. It's got a storefront in that storefront, it makes sales, but not that much. But the membership side, that side of it, Um, is great. We update like three times a week into that members area with like new stuff. And because of that, when people join, they stay joined for quite some time. So that means when that customer goes in and they join once, they continue to pay every month there. So, uh, you know, all kinds of different products all over the internet offer something similar. And the win with that is if you get a nice handful of those things in terms of different products that offer that, then as long as you keep driving awareness to those things, then your your income can balloon in a relatively short amount of time, but again, this is knowing how to bring it to people's attention. This is knowing, you know, this is knowing, you know, um, how, you know, like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna make this particular video because this video here is gonna catch somebody right before they're, you know, considering buying something. Um, that's why they're looking for this review on this particular product. So I'm gonna make that video, right? Um, but you need to make sure that you understand all of that. Um, and you might, you know, you like I don't know, like I said, I don't know like what your past is or anything like that. Um, but like, just make sure that you have all of that in place because some of this, if you don't, can take time because there is a learning curve involved with YouTube involved with, you know, all the social platforms. There's a learning curve involved with just like learning how to, if you are, you know, Going to promote things as an affiliate just learning how to like sign up for the programs and grab the links and shorten those links and you know do all those things and get all your tracking in place they'll do it by themselves but you can also do it you know personally also but like you know learning how to do all that stuff that's also you know another learning curve um so i would just make sure that you are spending like if this is all you're doing then I would make videos, right? Wake up, make content, get that content published. And then as soon as that content's published, go into learn mode and start watching videos on like affiliate marketing, start watching videos on just making money from the internet in general, and then start seeing like the things that you can, you know, apply to the type of content that you make um let's see here so next up on our list we've got normal mode tv in the house normal mode tv what is going on hope you're doing great so they do video game reviews the goal of the channels to make better content and hopefully uh, be monetized one day the question is as a small game reviewer would it be better to focus on one type of game um, rpgs first person shooters etc or just try to be as current as possible via things like google trends um i would focus on a game type um to get momentum and then once you get mo once you get momentum um in terms of Hey, um, if somebody comes into my YouTube channel, and they are into these types of games, then every video on my channel is going to be something they can watch, right? That's the initial approach. Once you get momentum from that, then start testing some of the other content. And then you'll be able to start quickly seeing when I do content about these types of things, people like them when I do content about these types of things, people don't. And then you'll be able to make you know, better decisions using data um, that way. How to automotive what's going on? Hope what's that you out? are doing fantastic. So got a lot of scammers um, wanting to sponsor my videos. They pretend to be big companies like Spotify. How do you tell the real requests from the fakes? This one's tough. And, and let me tell you why it's tough. Even some of the ones that seem fake might be legit. So I had Fiverr reach out to me through a um, agency and that particular agency, just the way they wrote the email, it was just shady and I was like, No offense, but I need an official Fiverr like email. This is, you know, before I even, you know, continue this conversation. And then somebody from Fiverr popped in. They're like, yeah, you know, they, you know, they do this on our behalf, blah, blah, blah. So, um, when it I didn't, didn't do the deal, but when it came to, you know, that I'm like, I need an official thing. So if you're working for them, then they will, you can make that contact and just get me somebody that's official to send me that email so that I know it's legitimately from them. In addition to that, do not under any circumstance, open a PDF, um, don't connect a, you're like, Hey, click into this Google drive and then, you know, download some stuff out of there. Don't do any of that. Um, just don't click on anything um, out of the email itself. But what you do want to do is up in the top is you just want to check the actual email address itself that it came from. And as a part of that as well, if they do have some type of like image in their signature, you can also right click that image. And you can also see because a lot of times those those can be hosted on like websites and stuff like that. You can make sure that those are official. Um, and then you can also if they claim to work for a company, if you have the name of that person, you can hop on LinkedIn and try to get across reference there, um, or go through another channel for that company in terms of like, you know, Twitter or LinkedIn or something to try to verify that that person is actually, you know, a legitimate person. Um, it's getting more complicated these days because, you know, the people that are doing the outreach are getting more clever. But a lot of times, um, like for me personally, if an email comes from a dot CZ, I don't even reply. Um, that might be a mistake. But for me, if it comes from a dot CZ, I don't even reply to it. I'm just like, you know what? I, no, right? Because, because the amount of emails of just bad English and the amount of emails that i get um that are like hey i'm the marketing manager of you know this company and we're wanting to sponsor a video but they're sending me an email from like you know something that's not even remotely close related to that particular company um because of that i've gotten so many of those through the dot cz's that i don't even i don't even like i as soon as i see it's from one of them it goes straight to the goes straight to the can so um because of that you're gonna have to do a little bit of homework um, in terms of, you know, one, don't click on anything. Two, make sure that you are looking on like LinkedIn or that you are trying to just confirm that that person works for that company in some way. Try to get a little bit of dialogue going back and forth um, before you commit to anything. And even when you commit to something, um, even still be cautious. So there was somebody recently that ended up having their channel hacked. They went through like an entire process of like, hey, we're gonna hop on a call. We're doing the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And this company got them all the way up to the last thing like, Hey, we just need you to sign this, whatever. And they did. They downloaded that PDF, and they ended up, you know, getting something on the computer, gave them access to their, you know, channels, whatever. And they ended up getting their channel hacked. They were able to recover it, but you know, those types of, you know, like people put in that much effort to get a hold of YouTube channels because one live stream of some like, you know, Bitcoin scam or something, they, you know, they they'll make whatever effort and time they put into it, they'll make that back really quick with you know some spoof videos around like Bitcoin and Elon Musk or whatever the thing is. Um, but yeah, the email headers are the first place to look. Second place to look, of course, is, you know, just just the writing itself. Like, you know, professionals that 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 do influencer marketing for a living, they'll approach you in a certain way. Um, and somebody that is, you know, that, that is not a professional, like you don't wanna work with them anyway. But like if somebody's reaching out and they're, they're not, a, you know, they're not doing it in a professional way, that's the first red flag, like right out of the gate. Daniel Batal in the house, what's up, dude? Hope that you are doing fantastic him and my brother um, are gonna be live streaming here um, here in about two hours. Um, So I'll be redirecting. I've already got set up to where we'll be redirecting over there as soon as this stream is uh, complete today as well for their live channel reviews. Um, Ronnie's rambles What's going on Ronnie says my vids um, my vids my subjects and I speak a lot of Thai and tidally um, embed the English but those vids seem to do less well do you think embedded subtitles are a negative Um, I don't but one thing to consider is that if you actually burn it into the video itself then what can happen is YouTube systems they are they are like looking at each frame of your video also so in addition to looking at your title and your description they're also looking at your video content itself and if it detects that hey every frame of this video has like Thai language in here then you know you're going to increase the likelihood of it being shown to Thai people compared to it getting showed to shown to you know a, a different audience um, one thing to also make sure that you are um, being cautious about is when it comes to YouTube I'm not sure because you say that you're um, that you speak a lot of Thai in the videos, but I'm not sure if you are mostly doing English speaking videos or if you're mostly doing Thai videos or you're doing all of one or all of the other, but when it comes to YouTube, make sure that your channel is um, one language. So, like, if you have like an English channel, and then like you know you and your um, you know significant other, you guys you know have some banter back and forth, and you do that in Thai, whatever, that's fine. But if you're like, hey, you know, I'm I'm going to talk in this video in Thai, or a majority of it in Thai, and then in this video I'm going to I'm going to communicate in English, um, then in that particular case, you start breaking the accessibility of your content to people that have already subscribed for the other language, and that can kind of backfire on people. So because of that, I would definitely make sure that you are um, you know just having one spoken language for each video. And then from there, you know, you can add normal subtitles. So, um, for everybody here, you may or may not know this, but if you add subtitles to your videos, um, and Ronnie, you can do this also. So when you go into your captioning area inside of YouTube, they have an option to auto-translate, so you can auto-translate into Thai, you can go into Arabic, you can go into, you know, whatever countries you choose, and you can just auto-translate your captions right there into as many languages that as many languages as you would like. And by doing that, that gives you the option to have those people be able to, you know, um, uh, access your videos in a way that, you know, makes more sense to them. So in addition to your English subtitles, if you're not burning them directly into the video, Ronnie. Um, in addition to that, um, then, you know, doing your English subtitles in other countries might also be something or other languages might be something that you want to consider as well but in terms of those videos you know do less well when you do add those you know captions it could just be that you know the that people aren't responding well to the videos themselves um i would do you know i would definitely do a lot of experimentation on like hey i'm not adding any captions here and i am adding captions here or subtitles you know burned in um and and group them together and inside of your youtube analytics if you go into advanced mode if you click on your channel name. Third tab over, you're gonna see something called groups. Um, that allows you, that particular section, allows you to add groups and start um, uh, grouping content together. So you can say these five videos or these 10 videos all had these um, subtitles for this you know, thing I'm trying to figure out. These other five or 10 did not. I have the date ranges set to something that makes sense for when these videos were published. And I'm going to compare these against each other to see you know, if there seems to be some type of similarity between the uh, uh, positive or negative um, on the ones that I used or did not use subtitles on. Tommy T's extreme roller coasters. So man, hope that you are doing fantastic. Daniel tall says what's shaken, what's shaken bacon. Um, Let's see here, Tommy T's Roller Coaster says, hey Nick, when I first, uh, what's going on, man? Hope you're doing awesome. Says, um, when I first post a video, it gets tons of comments, then it spikes and keeps going even better weeks later. I hardly get any comments. What's the reason for that? Um, The initial people that are coming into your video are the people that are the most engaged in your content anyway. And the people that YouTube thinks are the system thinks, doesn't think that the system identifies because it's not a person, right? But the um, the system identifies the people that are most likely to engage in what it is that you're doing. So because of that, the people that typically see our videos first are the people that are already interacting with our content the most, and those people are just more likely to be more engaged in, in what it is that you're doing. That also is why, and, you know, I'm sure everybody here sees it. That's also why in a lot of cases when you are first publishing your videos to YouTube, um, that's typically why, you know, like that first day, your click-through rate's typically higher, you know, those types of things as well. Because that initial group of people, like those are the people that are the, the most likely to enjoy, to enjoy what it is that you're doing. And hey, uh, really quick, I just want to um, remind everybody, you know, um, if you're just joining us, we're talking about all things related to YouTube. Um, basically, I have a form down in the um, description where I'm pulling the questions out of. I'm also, you know, answering the super chats, of course, but um, but I'm um, basically, I've got a link down in the description for this form, and I'm just answering the questions in the order that they receive. Um, I also wanna let you know, because I know everybody here is a content creator, that my brother and I have a free music service for you as a content creator called creatormix.com. Um, um, that music service, um, you can use that music, you know, freely in your YouTube videos and all of that. Um, but you can download the songs at creatormix.com. We have a uh, you know a nice library over there. Um, and if you want to stream it in terms of you just want to listen to the music and just kind of sample and see what it is, or maybe stream it in the background, um, you can get that at creatormix.com slash stream. And I forgot earlier in the stream today to remind all of you that are Tube Spanner users um, to make sure that you get your notepads open just in case I say anything where you're like, oh, that's good. Let me you know mark this part in the video. Um, because TubeSpanner has a browser extension that w- lets you take notes as well as share your content out to your social media platforms on autopilot those types of things so if you're not a tube spanner user you can also check that out check that out at TubeSpanner.com. spanner.com um, there's a website for that and a browser extension it's kind of like your personal assistant for youtube is the way that i look at a uh, tube spanner. it basically does all of the things or fills in all of the all of the holes that none of the other tools um that none of the other tools offer So um, next up on our list here, we got rock painting tutorials um, is the type of channel, the channel name is Jadel Rocks. And the question is, um, or the type of channel spreading um, the craft and making a full-time income. And the question is, I just started Amazon affiliate links. Do you know anything on how to be sure your friends and family don't click your links? What's your best overall advice for a newly built um, or for a newbie to affiliate links? So when it comes to Amazon, um, your friends and family member just like they might click on your stuff anyway, like if they end up watching one of your videos or something like that. But as long as um, it doesn't look like you have like a lot of people clicking through there and they're making purchases as a way to kind of d- get discounts or give you credit or whatever, then then you should be fine. When it comes to best overall advice for new affiliates, um, when it comes to affiliate marketing on your YouTube channel, for anybody here that wants to make more money from your YouTube videos, keep in mind what I'm getting ready to say. So when it comes to affiliate marketing, um, for those of you that are not uh, familiar with what affiliate marketing is, it's where you um, sign up for affiliate programs. And as part of that, you get essentially a link for whatever it is that you're going to promote. And then you add that link to your video descriptions. And then you talk about that product or service. And if somebody clicks on that link, then you get a commission for sending them there. So when it comes to getting more out of your affiliate links or just out of your affiliate efforts, what you want to make sure that you're thinking about is you have active affiliate marketing and you have passive active affiliate marketing is where you're doing like review videos on products, things like that, because you're actively trying to bring attention to the things that you are wanting to make money from. Um, And because of that, maybe you make search targeted review videos, or you know, something along those lines. So if somebody's interested in a particular product or service, they're looking for it on YouTube, yours ends up popping up some somewhere in YouTube search, and then they watch your video, hey, that makes sense to me. Sounds like a good thing. I'm going to click on this link and go buy it, right? Um, And then you have the other active side, which is you are integrating affiliate related things into your content, but you're also letting people know that those links are available down in your description. So for example, um, in this live stream from time to time, I let you guys know, and I'll just put it up on the screen right now, that I have links to valuable or helpful tools and resources for you as content creators down in the video description, right? And I'll put this little thing up on screen. And part of that is that's just a way to let people know that might not look down in the description if they weren't you know, told that there's stuff down there that can help them, that it's just awareness, right? Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, there's there's stuff down in the description that you know that that you know that uh, I might be able to check out that could help me in some way. So let me go down and check it out. Right. So when I just showed that I guarantee you that out of the 361 people that we have in the stream right now, at least a few people just went down into my video description, right? So on the active side, it's bringing attention to those things, right? You're, you're just actively doing it. Then on the passive side, it's where you are adding links to your descriptions as well, but it's only for the people that happen to stumble down in there and you're not being pushy about it, you're not you know, doing anything to where you're trying to get people down into your video descriptions. When you're taking that approach, that's where you might, might wanna add like store links and things like that. So for example, if you are because you're doing rock painting tutorials. So in your example, you wouldn't necessarily want to have like, hey, this is all the stuff I use to make my YouTube videos down there. Because the people that are watching your videos are interested in rock, tutorials, they're not necessarily interested in making YouTube videos. So they don't really care about the camera that you're using, whereas they care about the pencil or the, the brushes that you're using, they care about the paints that you're using, they care about any of the materials that you're using to get the job done. So because of that, if you have a core group of things that you you know typically use, then in that particular case, Amazon, since you're an Amazon affiliate, they let you set up an influencer store, and you can set that up and you can just drive people there. Hey, if you just want a, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you can say that in your videos too videos and live streams where it's like, hey, you know, a link to my store that shows all the stuff that I use is down in the description that's back on the active side. But for the people that go down to your video description, you can have. At the very top, you have your video description. Right underneath that, you can have um, you know all of the products that I use to make my uh, to do my rock painting, and then you have a link to that Amazon store, right? So then the people that go down into your description from there that are interested in that, those people will click in, and that's a passive way to do it. So in every video, in your case, you know since you're doing rock painting tutorials, having um, those affiliate links in there is something you definitely want to do. Um, but you are going to have to make the call on you know how aggressive you're going to be because some people. Are, are are comfortable with it. Other people feel that it's like pushy or whatever. So if you feel if you're somebody that's like, Yeah, I don't want to be like telling people to go in the description, stuff like that. That's fine. That's not for everybody. But if you um, if you feel that way, then go the passive route. But if you're like, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be only going to be sharing things that I believe in, I'm only going to be sharing things that I would stand behind, I'm only gonna be sharing things that I actually use. Then in that case, if you stand by that, then you know, feel free to just remind people, I've got this down in the description. Another thing you can do and I like to use the remote for this one is as you are, and this is kind of like a, like a hybrid. Right. So let's say that you are sitting there and you're painting something with your rock. In my case, I'm just going to use this remote as the example. But let's say you're doing your rock painting. Then, in that particular case, what you can do is, like, while you're doing it, you can say, Oh, by the way, you know, I get questions about, you know, these brushes that I use. I've got links to all of the stuff that I use down in the description below. And then you just, and that's it. And you just keep going with whatever it is that you're talking about. Um, you know, like in my case, I would say something along the lines of, you know, if I was making a video, I, it, it wouldn't be for this live stream, but if I was making a video, I could say something, you know, if this particular remote, if I was trying, to bring attention to it or whatever, then I can be like, yeah, you know, I just recently picked up this remote, Um, you know, really helps me be able to kind of shoot it from, you know, from the other side of the room instead of having to get up and, you know, hit the button all the time and everything just makes my workflow a lot easier. I got a link to this down in the description for those of you that have a Sony camera. Um, So, you know, you can check this out down there. But anyway, and then just get right back into the content. And that's kind of like a hybrid, right? So it's just like where you're just dropping that awareness from time to time, instead of, you know, trying to push it, right? So, um, so yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different approaches that you can take there. Other things that you can do as well, just, you know, as an additional thing, cause you said, you know, some tips for noobs. So you can also do some really fun things where you have like a, like a, you sign up with like Aweber or ConvertKit or something like that. And then basically you are um, just driving people through a free offer to your email list. And then through that, like, hey, you know, this is a little guide that I put together on all the different things about rock painting or whatever. And then they sign up for the email for free for that. And then you will, you know, send them helpful stuff, right? Like, hey, you know, this is, you know, some stuff on color theory for when you're painting your rocks. Here's this great YouTube video I found about this, you know, you just kind of keep that banter going. But while you're doing that, you also drop in, Hey, just got this new set of, you know, paint brushes, blah, blah. I just got these new paints. They're awesome. Or this new enamel. Yeah. I'm not sure what you use to paint rocks. (laughs) I know how to kick rocks, but I don't know how to paint them. Right. So, um, so, you know, just the, the idea is that you would, you know, sprinkle that stuff into some of the email messages as well. Um, and then that would actually start like a whole other side of things for you, um, on the email marketing side. then you would also have that to rely on in the event that. That, you know, the worst case scenario is something happened to your YouTube channel, also. Chai Town Che, thank chat. you for the uh super sticker there, super appreciate it. Doug, I saw your message about one of the super chats that I missed, I'm looking for it right now. Science based fitness super chat. said fire that was about my coffee song. Thank you, glad that you uh enjoyed that, and I think that was it. Okay, Um, we got another one here. Um, King of Jacktown uh, Gaming says, Nick, I'm struggling to stop the drop off in the first 30 seconds. I tried shortening the intro. I use best footage to hook viewers um, early and the same result. So here's what you wanna do, is you want to make sure that you are first, instead of shortening your intro, try just completely removing it. And just try like when the video first starts, just like, hey, and just get into the actual content itself, right? Hey, welcome to another video. Today we're playing this because I see you do gaming content. Today we're playing this and, and just get right into the actual content and see how they respond to that. Like you don't need uh, an intro on your YouTube video. You need a hook but you don't need like an intro, a logo intro. You don't need to technically, you don't need to introduce yourself or any of that. It, it le- levels things up when you can do that in a way that people will, you know, continue watching, just because then, you know, when you're saying your name and those sorts of things, then it just creates that, you know, that one more connection with people, you know, like, hey, welcome to another video is different than, hey, I'm Nick, welcome to another video, right? Because it's all, oh, now you know my name. Right. So we just leveled up our relationship there. So, you know, um, because of that, just thinking of like, okay, I'm going to introduce myself just super quick, but I'm not going to make like a thing of it. I'm just going to say my name real quick. And then I'm going to tell them exactly what we're doing. And then we're going to do it. Um, and then as you're telling them what it is that you're going to do as part of your hook, make sure that you're thinking about what they would be coming into your video for. This is a huge part of, of, of crafting a good hook for YouTube is, and this is a little, a little pro tip that, you know, some of you may already be aware of some of You might not but when you are um when you are looking at your audience retention reports it's really important to always remember and as a heads up in case you don't know what an audience retention report is it's a second by second graph um that youtube gives us for every video that shows how people respond to our videos on average um so when you are looking at that report and you're looking at the drop off in the front first just be be aware that you know a drop off when your video first starts is normal um but outside of that though when you are trying to stop that drop as quick as possible, make sure that before you make your video, as long as your content type supports this, and most do, make sure that you are thinking about, okay, how am I going to package this video from the outside? And you wanna think about this before you record your video, and I'm gonna tell you why in a second. But you wanna think about, okay, if, somebody like if, if I'm making a video about this topic and this is what in my brain, this is what this video is gonna be about. How would I package this up from the outside in terms of my thumbnail and my title so that the people that I'm gonna reach um, or that I'm trying to reach, they'd be able to identify it has something you know to do with something they would care about. And then what about this would compel them to click in terms of my title and thumbnail. So once you define those things, and you do that before you make your video, then you can think, okay, so if I use this thumbnail and title, people that are coming in, they're going to be expecting to get X, right? So because of that, when the video first starts, I'm going to say something to them about what I think they're going to expect when they come into this video. And that's going to be part of my hook. And I'm going to make it all about them and you know, the things that they would care about as it relates to you know, you and your game. And then by doing that, that'll help you hook people, you know, right on the way in. And then right after your hook, that's where you can say like, Oh, hey, by the way, I'm Nick, I know your name's not Nick. I mean, I don't think maybe it is high five if it is high five this month, just in case. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it'd be like, you know, you know, you have your hook, and it's like, Hey, I'm Nick. Um, so let's just go ahead and get uh, Hey, by the way, if this is your first time here, I'm Nick, um, let's get right into the you know, let's play the game. And then you, uh, you know, get right into the actual content that they came in for. And then by doing that, um, you should see an increase if you start kind of rethinking how you're you know doing the process itself. And you start doing the thumbnails and titles first, that can really make a big difference on your audience retention. But in addition to that, You said that you've shortened your intro, try taking it out, Um, try just the hook and then getting into the content itself, if that doesn't work, then maybe the hooks aren't, you know, good yet. So because of that, try just when they come into the video, just like give them the video, right, give them what it is they're coming in for, and see, you know, see out of all of those different things, what people will stick around for um, based on your audience retention. Other things that you can do is like, um, you know, like typically, if you did start a video, and you are on camera first, when the video first starts, you're on camera talking, try starting to where you're talking, but then you're showing b-roll instead of you actually being on camera and just see if people respond to that better. Um, If you typically have music playing when people first come in, try doing it without music. If you don't have music playing, try doing it with music, trying to like jazz things up a little bit, try a version with you on camera, try a version with you with just the gameplay footage without you in it. um, And just, you know, run those experiments until you see, hey, it seems like when I do these, I get people holding more than when I don't do those. So you just keep running through those experiments. And that's why as a content creator, you'll hear, people talk about like make a just make a 100 videos, right, so that you can learn from all of that content that you make, um, so that you can start to understand by the time you hit that 100th video, hopefully, you've been doing a lot of that experimentation. And then by the time you hit that 100th video, you should have a really good idea of the things that you do in your videos that people respond to for your channel. And the interesting thing is that people respond differently to different things, Uh, even even if you take the same type of content, you put it on a different channel, the audience for that channel will respond to it a little bit different as well. It's really interesting. Um, Let's see here. So next up, um, let's see here. I think we have another one as well. So I saw Doug had a list there. So I'm looking for the other one also. Science-based fitness. You know, let me refresh because I don't see it. Let me go over to the stars. Hold on, really quick. Yeah, I think I, I think I got them all. Um, let's see here. I'm just double checking. Oh no, we don't. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Um, sorry, I just had to refresh. My apologies. So Joel in the kitchen says, "What if I do not have an ad manager button in my studio? What do I need to do?" Um, so that means that. Well, first just double check it, make sure that you're looking on a computer because you won't see it on a phone. So make sure that you're looking on a computer, then go down into your settings and then go into permissions. And then once you're in permissions, then you should have the option in there to give people you know, permissions based on you the level of permission that you want to give them. If you don't see that, then you should see an option that says to manage permissions. That means that you have a brand account. And if you click on that, then it should take you into a different area to manage your permissions. Um, Let's see here. Next up, we have Synergy Gaming. Synergy Gaming says my niche is Assassin's Creed and I want to live stream other games that are not that niche. Do I just live stream the games and hope that my subs like the game? Technically, yeah. So one thing that you can do is you can like, if you focus on Assassin's Creed, but you're like, Hey, I want to play some of this other stuff. um, If you want to try to align with your audience, some people care, some people don't like if you are like, yeah, I would like to align with my audience so I can maybe have more people participating. um, Then in that case, start using your community feed to ask them questions about some of the other games that you might play. Like, Hey, I'm going to be on a live stream this weekend. Um, Should I, should I play this game, this game or this game? And of course you design this based on the games that you want to play the most. (laughs) Right. So, you know, should i play this game this game or this game and just leave assassin's creed out of that list um and then you know have a fourth option of you know leave your you know preference down you know below just to see other games that they might be playing for your you know for your viewers but start using your community tab to ask those type of questions so that you can figure out you know a way to align with them if that's something that you care about um if you're like hey i just want to i'm just going to do this anyway and then people can you know come in if they want to and not that's okay too right so it just comes down to you know what it is that you're doing youtube for if you're trying to use every piece of content to grow or if you're just like hey i just want to i'm just like doing this live stream i'm just trying to have a good time here and that's perfectly okay if that's what you're trying to do like you know you don't always have to be you know nailing it so to speak it's totally fine to you know relax a little bit and you know just hang out with your hang out with your community sometimes even if that means it's going to be a much smaller crowd that comes in and hangs out still okay um as long as you are also you know enjoying yourself Super chat. Thomas in Thailand says, I have a Thailand channel. Awesome. 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 Looking for someone in Patia to film me B roll and upload for me to edit. Any ide- any ideas on how to find a reliable person? So if you're looking for somebody in Patia, um, I would reach out to other content creators that are there and see if you can do some collaborations. I know like Chocolate Man in Thailand, he's down there. Um, who else is in Patia? Um, yeah, I know there's a, there's a handful of, of, of YouTubers in Patia. I would try to go to um, like some, I, I think Chocolate Man in Thailand, I think he has um, like a few different, uh, Uh, A few different like meetups and stuff like that, that he does with like fans and other content creators, I believe. Um, So I would definitely hit him up, you know, try to connect with him and see, you know, if maybe he has somebody that he works with that could help there or just to go to some of those and see if you can find other people that are, you know, into, you know, hanging out with content creators and all that and see if you can find somebody there Um, in terms of ties. Technically, you know, um, just like every other, you know, province here, you can find, you know, the companies that, 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 you know, that do some type of like video production or something like that, maybe they do like wedding photography and videography, you know, you'll probably pay for it. But I mean, it's Thai paying for it. (laughs) So because of that, you know, it'll still be, you know, relatively cost effective, probably. Um, Oh, you asked him. Oh, he's not responded. Okay, um, but if you did reach out to you know like a you know one of those companies that do like the marriage you know type uh, videos and photos, you know they might be able to help or at least lead you in a direction of somebody that could uh, you know give you a, give you some help there. Um, let's see here, many scenes. Yeah, like if he's not responding, I would basically just find all of the other you know vloggers that are in um, in Patty or at least in that you know general area and just try to you know make that connection as much as you possibly can.
1: Welcome to the Niminati.
0: Mini scenes GB, welcome to the Niminati, the channel membership. So when you get the chance, go to niminvip.com That's gonna redirect you to Members Amp, which is the platform that we're using to manage all the membership stuff. As soon as you log in, you're gonna get like instant rewards in terms of like you're gonna get this little uh, icon that you see down here in the corner that you can put in your videos, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, um, but as part of that, you're also gonna see a direct link to our Facebook group. So make sure that you do that, fill out all the information on the way in. If you can do that um, before the stream's over today, then I'll get you in there as soon as the stream's complete. Good timing, too, because we're on a live stream on Monday. Um, sheet plays, same thing for you as well. Welcome
1: to the Nemanati.
0: Make sure um, that you follow that same flow. And again, that URL is nemanvip.com. Um, so just go there, connect everything up and then, um, make sure that you, you know, follow that flow and then, um, that you submit to the Facebook group. And then, um, I can get you in there right after the stream is complete. Um, let's see here. Nomadic introvert says, um, I'm considering doing sponsorships. I'm considering doing sponsorships. I've noticed that a lot of the sponsorship asked me for a price to do a video. How do I figure out what to charge? I don't want to sell myself short. Um, Hey, what's your price for the video? What's your budget? That's one way. Um, so then basically you just put it back on them, right. In terms of like, what's your, what's your budget. Um, and then, you know, sometimes they'll come in like super low. Sometimes they'll come in much higher than you expected. And then, you know, you can kind of decide what to do there. Um, the next thing is trying to figure out, um, what it's worth to you. So there are formulas that people use in order to figure out, you know, like how to find brand deals, like a lot of the, like multi, uh, um, uh why is that like not coming into my brain? Um, multi-channel networks, like a lot of them have these like, you know, very specific formulas that they use because they do brand deals at scale. And that's most of the information that you're going to find online when you're looking for that sort of thing. But one of the thing that, one of the things that I um, recommend that you do is that you look at it like you were bidding on something as like a contractor. So like, for example, like if you have, you know, like a, something like an add on built on your house, or if you have, um, something that someone does for you that you, you know, that you have them submit a quote for, then what they do is they sit there and they figure out, okay, this is how much time it's going to take this is a wear and tear on my stuff. This is you know, um, this is going to be this much time spent for you know, emails going back and forth, I'm probably gonna have to hop on some phone calls. So I'm going to include that in those types of things, start figuring out what your time is worth to you. And then run that line in terms of like, okay, wear and tear on my camera. I'm going to add a little bit for that because, you know, I'm not, you know, like my camera's not going to work forever. Every every time I turn it on, it's one day that that one day less on that camera's lifespan, or at least a few minutes less on that lifespan. Um, figure out, you know, ballpark, I'm going to be sending, you know, emails back and forth. So because of that, what is your time worth there in terms of like, hey, I'm sitting here answering emails anyway, so it's not that much time. It's going to take me a few minutes there. But if I am going to have to hop on calls, totally different story because there, you know, I I might have to reserve 30 minutes or an hour or something like that. So I gotta make sure I'm factoring those sorts of things in. But basically looking at it through that particular lens of like you know what is this actually going to cost me to do it and was it worth for me um also factor in opportunity costs because a lot of content creators don't think about that either so when it comes to opportunity costs what i mean by that is as a content creator some of these companies are going to reach out to you for sponsorship and in some cases you're going to be able to do way better as an affiliate so in that particular case you could choose to promote them as an affiliate or do a hybrid where it's sponsorship plus affiliate um you could also give the option there to where you're like hey Instead of promoting them. I'm going to go see if I can find other products or services that are also of good quality that maybe have a higher commission on the affiliate side. And I'm going to see if, you know, I'm, maybe I'm going to promote them instead, but basically like every sponsor deal that you do, if you're doing other types of monetization on your channel, every one of those is you know, it could be in uh, you know, a lost opportunity as well in terms of other things that you could do, because when it comes to sponsorships, they're fantastic. Like they're great. Don't get me wrong. I love sponsorships, but when it comes to sponsorships, Like you get paid for those particular videos, but then like, that's it, right? But if you have something that you attach to your YouTube videos as an affiliate, then in that case, you're going to get paid on those as long as people continue to watch them. So I have videos on my YouTube channel that have generated me like hundreds of thousands of dollars just because they've stayed on YouTube. Right for a while. So because of that, you know, like you have to factor in the opportunity costs on, you know, on on not promoting something else in exchange for that sponsor. So you got to make sure that you're factoring in all of those types of things, but also think about the, the, the possible value of the customer for that brand. So for example, in my case, one of the things that I do is I will consider like the possible value that they might get out of a customer. In some cases, I'll ask them. And the reason that I do that is because if I find that they have a really high lifetime value of a customer, then it makes sense for me to charge more because each customer is going to, you know, bring in a substantial amount of money. Whereas if the lifetime value of that customer is relatively low and they only catch them on like a one-off sale or something like that, then in that particular case, you know, if, if I'm like into that particular company, um, then, you know, I might charge them less Less because i'm like well you know like they're really you know like like what they are going to get on the back end of this isn't going to be as substantial right so because of that i'll work that into my pricing as well so i consider all of my stuff but i also consider you know their stuff as well because it's a two-way street and the reason that you want to do that when it comes to brand deals is because over time if you start Doing well for them, and they start, you know, doing well for you, and you guys have this, you know, really good relationship. They can become sponsors for a really, really long time, right? Which is fantastic. So, because of that, try to be fair to them, and then try to get what it is that you are worth as well. Um, but one thing that you can do if this helps um is you can go and look at like you know okay on my videos how much do i typically make in like ad revenue for a video and then from there you know just start building up from there so it's like okay over you know like a one-year period how much do i typically make on on a video um on average on in ad ad revenue some people will look at this at like three months other people will look at it at six months but just look at it based on you know the activity that you have on your youtube channel the typical lifespan of your videos and think to yourself okay what's the you know, like, like, what's the reality here in terms of, you know, me making this video and getting ad revenue versus me making this video with a sponsor attached to it, right. So in my case, sponsorships work out to a great benefit for me, because my ad rates are typically, you know, relatively low. Um, so because of that, you know, the sponsor stuff works out great for me and in an exchange. If you can't tell, I try to bring by here, I got a two buddy pillow over here, I got a stream yard pillow back here. In this video that i just dropped i've got like i've got like a whole coffee shelf mug thing full of mugs with logos on them including doug's value first mug and i've also got um like the whole thing is featuring one of these mugs because i've got like a stack of these mugs and that that like that wasn't like that has nothing to do that music video has nothing to do with our sponsor arrangement but because we have that relationship i'm like hey you know let's let's you know give some love all the way around right So, and if you haven't seen that video, by the way,
1: Mojo is low, just give me a minute to get me a joe, I'll be getting my fix in my kitchen, but look at the logo, the plug for the show, it don't matter the flavor, I'm gonna get haters, a cup or a pot of the gold, I just need you to hold for a little bit longer, this song ain't a joke, it's a banger, you know where you don't, you will hang or you won't, but this thing isn't stopping till it's at the top, and I go back upstairs, man, I hope I don't drop it, I know that it's hot, it might seem one's enough, but apparently not, take a cinnamon shot, mix it up on the spot, give it a try, you might like it a lot, I need to
2: hit the coffee maker, get another cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my muck. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my muck. I need to hit the coffee maker, get another cup, feeling for caffeine. I need it in my muck. Put your mugs up here. Put your cups up here. Put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it. Cheers! Put your cups up here. Put your mugs up here. Put your tumblers up here. Now drink it, drink it. I love
0: reading the chat when, uh, when that plays savage scientists, thanks for the, uh, super, super chat. chat. Appreciate it. So, um, let's see here. So, uh, VVS tips and tricks super says, Hey, Nick, chat. I have a small DIY channel in the heating plumbing niche. Um, are these channels more difficult to get engagement from the viewers? So there's a channel called Roger Wakefield. I want you to go look at his channel, and I want you to study what it is that he's doing over there. He um, targets plumbers. Um, I want you to pay really close attention to what it is that he's doing. When, Rob, when Roger came onto the scene, so to speak, in terms of YouTube, um, he came in swinging. In terms of like, he was going to all the conferences, he was like hanging out in this live stream, you know, every week he was like reaching out to like other YouTube coaches, stuff like that. He was dialing everything in, he was learning as much as he could, he was getting help where he could, things like that. And um and he ended up, you know, taking his channel that was going this way and kind of turning it, going this way and then taking off like a rocket. So go study what it is that he's doing because um he's crushing over there. So there's a big difference between Just showing people to like how to, you know, fix certain things versus like entertaining them as well as showing them how to fix things and bringing those types of things to their attention and inspiring them and, you know, all of those types of things. So his YouTube channel is called Roger Wakefield. Um, I definitely recommend that you um, check him out because you'll get tons of inspiration over there um, in terms of, you know, the. Like you're gonna see the possibilities. That's why I want you to go check him out, right? Because you're gonna see, like, okay, with what it is that I'm doing, yes, without question, it is possible. He just crossed five hundred thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel just for 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 you know for reference there. And he talks about you know like his his thing is you know, reaching plumbers and people that are interested in plumbing and inspiring and lifting up plumbers and spreading awareness about the trade. So um so definitely make sure that you uh, check him out. Renee says, uh, uh, this is ice cube after leaving NWA energy. <laughs> oh, love it. Travis MCP in the house. What's up, man? Hope that you're doing Fantastic. Nice to uh, see you in here. Uh, also yeah, good stuff. So, uh, let's see here. D. Niman in the house. What's up, man? Hope that you are doing awesome. Nice to uh, see you in here as well. D called me a shill. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's my brother. Right. Uh let's see here. It's looking through the comments real quick. Okay. So um next up on our list. Okay, so we got that one. Okay. Oops. There we go. So um so here, next up on our list, we got Spike Wade. Um, Spike Wade says the goal of the channel is to build a strong community. And the question is if most of my audience is from shorts, should I go all in on shorts or should I throw in some long forms to get monetized quicker? So I would think of it through a different lens. Yes. Um, there is the, you know, hey, I'm doing long form to get monetized quicker. But then on the other side, there's also the like, I'm going to make long form content so I can learn how to do that. Because if I'm going to be a content creator, then if making long form content is the type of content that is going to also help support me in my you know, and whatever it is that I'm striving for, you know, with what it is that I'm doing on YouTube, um, then in that particular case, like go ahead and get on that grind so that you can, while you're working on, you know, YouTube shorts and you're growing your audience that way, you can also learn how to create long form content as well that those people will respond to when it's presented to them on YouTube. So because of that, I do say like go for it and try to make some long form content also. Um, And the reason for that is because just like making shorts, um, there is, you know, skill sets, you know, things like that. So because of that, you know, I would definitely consider, you know, trying your hand at long form content as well and another really cool thing is a few months ago, YouTube also um, has worked in to where in the past, you know, they weren't making the connection between if somebody enjoyed your short to recommend them like your longer form content, but now they've built those bridges. So because of that, if somebody's like really enjoying your shorts content, then it's increasing the likelihood that they get recommended your long form content. Now, as the creator, you still have to get people to click and enjoy that content, the, the long form content, but YouTube is making that connection now. So because of that, you know, the activity, that you're getting on shorts can also get you over to there. And just like Jerry says right here, um, he says it doesn't get easier once you're monetized. It doesn't get easier once you're monetized. It doesn't get easier once your channel's big. Like it's all the same. Like the, the, the only thing that changes is you learn more. And since you learn more, you like know what to do in certain situations. You learn your audience more, you start learning what works and doesn't work, things like that. So you learn more and you can apply that to what it is that you're doing, but it doesn't necessarily get like, um, you know, easier per se, totally support that. Uh, Many scenes GB says, Nick, how important are likes these days? Um, so when it comes to likes, that is an engagement signal. Um, so, you know, asking for likes or having a little graphic that pop up that says, you know, to like this video or whatever is definitely something to consider. Um, when it comes to YouTube comments, um, those don't have any impact algorithmically. Um, so because of that, you know, prioritize likes um, and, you know, like just mention that as a, as a thing. But keep in mind, nothing is going to carry the weight for you more than people click on your videos at a high rate people enjoying your videos at a high or competitive rate and then of course people you know interacting with more of your content after they're watching your videos because you know as part of the whole thing like if you get somebody to watch one video that's like hey you know, they enjoyed this video, maybe they liked it, maybe they subscribed, that's good. Hey, thumbs up for that particular viewer. If you can get it happening at scale, it's even better. But then you take that and it's like now, not only are they enjoying this video, but they're but they're clicking on videos on my end screen, maybe they're clicking on some of my videos in the sidebar, maybe they're hitting my channel page and they're clicking on some videos over there. And maybe YouTube is recommending my content to them the next day and they're coming back into that. And you know, all of these things are a factor in terms of how our videos perform. So, you know, it's not just like, I get to get more likes and that'll make my videos you know do better it's just one of the many different things that they track in terms of trying to understand when viewers are interacting with content if they're having a good experience or not so because of that it's definitely a win right it, like if there was a point system that would definitely be a positive point um but other things are taken into fact uh, consideration as well so for example and i find this one really interesting but it's super smart on youtube's part so when it comes to people liking videos right so let's say that you are the type of viewer that every single time because you're YouTubers, right? Let's say that because you understand like, Hey, if I like this video, the person's gonna, you know, like it, maybe it's gonna help him in the system, whatever. So because of that, you're liking like every video that you watch, cause you're trying to hook up those YouTubers that you're watching because you do it on every single video or on most of the videos that you watch that kind of lowers the, the weight, so to speak, um, or. I'll say importance, even though that's not the word that I'm looking for. Um, But it kind of lowers that that weight or the importance of your likes because you like so much content. Whereas if there's a user on YouTube that doesn't like hardly any videos, but they're watching you know your videos or they're just watching videos on YouTube and they watch yours and they like your video, that one like will carry a lot more weight because they typically don't like videos on YouTube, right? So you know there's those types of things as well, which is uh you know which is also like a really interesting. But very smart um, thing when it comes to uh, when it comes to YouTube. Um, Let's see here. So Renee Ritchie says, we've got a lane on that bridge open. (laughs) So he's talking about, you know, shorts going to long form. So he says, we got a lane on that bridge open. He works, uh, he works with YouTube, by the way, he's YouTube's uh, creator liaison, Renee Ritchie here. Um, He says that um, we've got a lane on that bridge open. We're working on more lanes, but it's also possible. Some people just prefer shorts and you'll open your channel to a new audience rather than bringing more over. Nice. So it's almost like taking the um, the, the making content that's appropriate for the platform approach for each platform that you're operating on. It's similar, um, in concept in terms of like, Hey, if I'm making shorts, let me just make awesome shorts for the people that are going to watch my content there. And then let me just make awesome long form content for the people that I'm making that content for that watch that stuff. And then, you know, I'll have some crossover in the meantime, um, is I think is kind of the message there. Pixie Dust Traveler, thanks for the super chat. It says, what books are on your desk and what books do you recommend? I recommend a bunch. Um, But the books that are on my desk, um, these are um, YouTube Formula by Daryl Eves. Um, I've got got these on this little stand here, so give me one second to take them out. Um, This is YouTube Secrets um, by Sean Cannell and Benji Travis. Um, This one here is Tube Ritual Volume 1 by Brian G. Johnson and this one here is create something awesome by roberto blake so in order of recency um let's see here this one here is the most recent um this one is a rewrite So basically, this one's had some additional information added to it. Um, This is an older book, but it's been updated recently. Um, And then this one would be the next in terms of, you know, recency. Um, And then this one would be the oldest one on the list. But all of them are fantastic and you'll learn a bunch in all of them. That's why I keep them on the desk for, you know, for that particular purpose. Um, But in terms of what I recommend, um, I also recommend um, Primal Branding, Um, I recommend Superfans by Pat Flynn um i recommend um expert secrets by uh russ branson or russell branson i think is his name um i recommend um search inside yourself this one's more it's not about youtube or youtube growth this one's more about your brain um i recommend um at your best um, which kind of helps you kind of see burnout coming or if you're experiencing burnout can kind of help you get through it Um, but it also will help you identify those types of things um um, I haven't read that one yet. Um, let's see here. Um, key person of influence, um, is also good. The creative act by Rick Rubin. That's what I'm listening to right now. It's pretty awesome. Um, atomic habits, um, is okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah. The, uh, story worthy is also, um, was also a good one. Um, let's see here and essentialism also was good. That particular one is about just like focusing on the things that matter instead of getting all caught up in like everything that doesn't matter. I mean, essentially that's the book in a nutshell. <laughs> so just save you a few bucks there um, on that particular one. But yeah, um, you know, any of that stuff is, uh, is, is fantastic. But basically, yeah, like Jerry here says, uh, Superfans um, is essential reading. Like, uh, yeah, Save the Cat is the, uh, that's the one that I just said that I haven't read yet, Renee. So I have it in my list. I just haven't read it yet. Um, yeah, that, that particular one was recommended by Mr. Beast, um, Save the Cat, but I haven't read it yet. So I don't, you know, I, I can't recommend it to others yet because I haven't, or I listened to it. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. I uh, haven't listened to it yet. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one that, you know, a lot of people are recommending right now too. Um, so yeah, so hopefully that helped. Um, next up on our list here, um, we have, I gotta start getting through some of these questions here who moved my cheese. That was great. I read that like probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, that, that was also a a pretty good one, basically just about adapting and, you know, like, Hey, this is the situation that I'm in. Things change. So do I adapt or do I, you know, kind of lose my cheese, so to speak. Um, let's see here, uh, Vegan Cheffula, I hope I'm saying that correctly. Um, they have been on YouTube for less than a year. It's a cooking channel. The goal of the channel is teaching people how to make vegan food taste good. And the question is, how do I get around the thumbnail issue? The thumbnail YouTube chooses for my shorts are the wrong ones, or it's blurry. It's not the thumbnail that I would use. The right amount of people will not click on the short with an ugly thumbnail, what in the world can I do? So you are 100% correct in terms of, you know, people aren't going to click on a short with a thumbnail that doesn't really give them much context. So a lot of things that's happening right now is you see a lot of YouTube shorts with just like a sort of like a like a like a half expression on a face, things like that. So um, I'm really looking forward and hoping that they bring thumbnails back so that we can tap into more of the other features on YouTube in terms of, you know, getting traffic from those as well, which I don't know if that's why they're, you know, actually not allowing us to use custom shorts right now so that people can identify that they're, that they're going to a short I don't know but um um in terms of them choosing bad ones or the system choosing bad ones without question but one thing that is most important to keep in mind when it comes to YouTube shorts most of the activity that that you're going to um get there in a lot of cases is going to be directly from the short shelf now with that said um my shorts I actually get more activity from other places than I do in the YouTube uh like as as a, a you you know as as an accumulation because i have like two shorts that have done really well in um recommendations um one has like um over 100,000 it might be even approaching 200,000 i can't remember uh views on it and almost all the traffic for that one is coming from uh youtube search so so in terms of you know shorts mattering um or i'm sorry thumbnails mattering They definitely do. Um, So I definitely hope that they, you know, allow us to, um, you know, add shorts in the future. And I I wish I understood like why why it is that they're that they're not letting us you know pick a pick a thumbnail Um, like uh, renee says that selecting a frame is available on android Um, it should come to ios next not sure about custom um, image uploads yet as some creators have told us that they don't want thumbs to become high effort on shorts yeah like that that thing is um is kind of is is kind of interesting to me because I totally support the thing with YouTube shorts and being like a barrier, like a low barrier to entry thing. But with that said, that doesn't mean that like as soon as, you know, Like, it's already getting more competitive, but even with that, as soon as we're allowed to start adding, you know, thumbnails to them again, then, you know, that increases that threshold to where, you know, like somebody that doesn't have that skill set, they're going to be kind of working against themselves, but it's only going to be happening in recommendation features. So, because of that, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. So, like, when it comes to the custom image uploads, like, the creators that are, you know, good at at thumbnails and titles, like, they'll be able to win when it comes to the recommendation features, but new creators can still win in the shorts shelf so because of that like they're still going to win over there not win but i mean they're still going to be able to do okay in the shelf but you know more experienced creators or just people that can put together thumbs that help people identify their content um they will be able to get you know a little bit more activity you know coming from the um, from the other features too so yeah definitely uh interesting thing i i like i would love to be a fly on the wall in some of those discussions like you probably have that opportunity now like i I would love to be a fly on the wall and just be like yeah so this is what we're thinking what 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 do you guys uh what do you guys think and just kind of hearing the 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 reasoning behind uh some of that stuff because like from the outside like some of it doesn't make you know some of it doesn't make sense some of it does um but you know i'm i also you know I'm guessing that YouTube is also thinking like very long game when it comes to all this stuff. So there's, there could also be reasons that you, know, that, that, you know, that we're not aware of at this moment in time. Um, KJR reactions is our next question. They upload every other day. Um, the type of channel is 2K23 Gaming. Um, the goal of the channel says I'm uploading to make money and just for the fun of it. And, oh, he did. Okay, I will check that out. Thank you, uh, Renee. Um, so he said that, um, for anybody that's interested in that, he said that, um, Todd Sherman, um, who runs shorts at YouTube explained in more detail on Colin Samir's creator support last week on their podcast. Nice, nice. Um, so the question is how do I get more people to stay on my channel to like my videos? I have 7,000 subscribers, but it's from this one short, but now if I go live, no one joins. And if I post, no one really watches, please help me out. It comes down to your content. And this is the hardest thing for content creators to, to hear and to face. So when it comes to you being a YouTube content creator, um, the like when you publish something to YouTube, the act of publishing does not garner a reward just because you published to YouTube everything in the system is based on how people respond to what it is that we're doing so if you have content that gets a much higher response in terms of people clicking on it more watching it more sharing it more liking it more um you know clicking into more videos subscribing more you know all these different things like if you have content that does that then it's going to get more views on it if you are like hey i can't even get people to click on my stuff right now then in that particular case work on that right and you have that problem, right? Like one of the things I have a friend of mine that he's been wanting to do YouTube for a long time. I actually use him as an example a lot um, during these live streams, Um, but he's been wanting to do YouTube for a really long time and just recently, I'm like, dude, just get in motion, like do something, right? And um, the 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 way that I explained this to him was like, in your case, right? Like you're already in motion, so you're doing the thing, so you're like way ahead of you know where where he is in terms of just trying to get started. So you did the hardest part, which is get in motion, okay? But now that you're in motion, and this applies to everybody here that's a new content creator that's not currently getting you know any activity on your content, but you like you know are are wanting to you're already in motion, you did the hardest thing, which is to start to go ahead and have that courage to put yourself out there. And through doing that, you've gotten yourself moving, right? But now, as you're walking down the road, so to speak, now you're gonna start running into these little problems, right? So one problem could just be, I can't get people to click on my videos, And that's okay because tons and tons and tons of content creators when they first start have that same exact problem. So now what you have to do is you have to say, okay, I'm making videos and I'm getting like a couple of clicks but like really nobody's clicking on these compared to the amount of impressions that I'm getting. So because of that, since I have identified this problem, the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm gonna say, okay, how do I get people to click on my videos? And then I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start studying how other YouTubers that make content like mine how they're putting their thumbnails together, the colors they're using, the things that they're focusing on, the designs of their thumbnails. And I'm gonna start learning how to do those types of thumbnails. Then I'm gonna start looking at their titles and I'm gonna start saying, okay, what are they doing in their titles? What are they saying in their titles? How are they structuring their titles? Like, what are they doing? And then you wanna start learning that part of the process, right? Once you do that, you'll be able to get more people clicking on your videos. Then you move on to the next problem. Okay, I got people clicking on my videos, but my videos still aren't doing well, why not? well if you can get people clicking on your videos but then you know when people come into your videos they leave quickly then then the click's great right you're you're doing it now in terms of getting people to click so you solve that but now that next problem is now i gotta learn how to keep people watching well how do you keep people watching Right. So then you have to go through that process of, you know, watching a bunch of videos of mine and other people who make content like mine and through your own personal experimentation and listening to podcasts and reading blog articles and everything else about keeping people watching longer. You go through all of that information. You learn how to do all of that. You apply these things over time to your YouTube channel. And the next thing you know, because you're actively trying to work on that particular problem, you'll end up making better videos that people will watch for a longer period of time. People engage with more people will share more and things like that. And then you go to the next part of the problem. Okay. So now, I can get people watching along, people are enjoying my content, but man, how can I really start amplifying things? Okay, now you start focusing on like, okay, how am I gonna work call to actions into this? How am I gonna get people to watch that next video after they watch this first video? How am I gonna get them clicking on my end screens? Then you start working on the next problems. Okay, now people are clicking on my end screens or watching more content, my videos are doing better. I'm getting people to click on them. I'm getting people enjoying this content. Now, how can I make more money from it? And then you start working on those problems, right? So like you're already in motion. So the advantage that you have right now just being in motion is huge. Because it allows you to be able to identify the problems that you have along the way, right? So, um, so in your case, KJ reactions start start you know working on solving those problems. Brad, what's up, man? Welcome to the stream. Hope you're doing awesome. So next up. We've got Finbar's World. Finbar's World says that they do comic book channel content. The goal of the channel is having people enjoy my comic books. And the question is, how can I find a way to beat the YouTube algorithm? Make awesome content that people love to watch and that they love to share with their friends. That's how you beat the YouTube algorithm. So when it comes to the YouTube algorithm, I love it when people say like, oh, we had this video and it hit the algorithm. Like like, that's not the language you use, right? Because your videos don't hit the algorithm, your videos were enjoyed by people, right? Like people really loved this video is the other way. That's the human version of I I hit the algorithm, right? Like you are saying I hit the algorithm. That's like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. But if you're like, hey, people really enjoyed this video. So it did well, yeah, okay, you know, you know, you know, you know what you're doing there. But like, in terms of like, you know, how can I find a way to hit the to beat the YouTube algorithm, it all comes down to how do people enjoy your content? And YouTube gives us the analytics, um, our statistics on the back end of our YouTube channel to help us identify that so that we can, you know, over time learn how to make better content for, you know, for the people that we are interacting with while also, you know, enjoying what it is that we're making as well. Okay, just checking on something really quick. Okay, so I'm um, so, so next up, we've got the wooden hobbyist. Thank you for the super, super chat. It says, hey, I'm currently uploading one to three video, uh, three, every, uploading one every three weeks with shorts between, am I doomed to slow growth as a woodworking channel because I can't upload every other day, a workaround to increase performance? So, um, no, you're not doomed. Um, however, when you are uploading more, one advantage to uploading more, unless the videos that you're publishing do awesome, The advantage to uploading more content is that you have more people recently interacting with your channel, right? So when you're publishing more, YouTube will recommend you more. And you also have that new fresh content going out that YouTube tests against different people on YouTube, um, as well while it's, you know, while it's new. So because of that, when you're publishing on a regular basis, you just have more content for the system to test. You're giving yourself more chances of videos going well, you're giving yourself more data to learn from in terms of how to make better content and so on, but There are YouTube channels that publish once a month. They publish every two weeks. Um, They publish, some will publish, you know, once every few months, and they'll just get crushed with views. And the reason for that is because one, every piece of content that they publish, they've learned how to do it in a way that, you know, performs well in terms of the audience that they're reaching. Um, And in addition to that, all of the other content on the channel is still bringing in viewers at a high rate because the content does so well on the channel. So when they publish the video there's still a ton of people that have that channel in their recent viewer history that YouTube can say hey this the all these people are really enjoying this channel so let's recommend this video to them right. So, in your particular case since you only publish every three weeks, try to, you know, try to think of content that you can make that would be worth waiting for and watching every three weeks around woodworking. And then if you, if you crack that nut, then you would be okay to publish every three weeks. But if you're like, okay, every three weeks, I'm going to publish a video on like how to, you know, how to, how to make, you know, corners fit together, whatever that's called, um, on, you know, like how to, how to make corners fit together. That's going to be like my, my video on this third week. Well, unless you're doing something like really like off the charts in terms of something like unique that nobody's ever seen before. And people are going to be able to quickly see that either through the thumbnail or the the uh, the preview that they get when they hover over the, the video on like their mobile, then in that particular case, the, or I mean, it could end up in YouTube search, and you could end up getting a lot of traffic that way. But in terms of that video, just like blowing up, um, it's just not as likely as coming up with something unique, just because there's already like 1000s of videos on YouTube about how to do like, the you know, how to connect things on the corner, right. So I would definitely try to think of something within your space that would be, you know, unique and help you kind of stand out. So like one thing, for example, is I'm sure you've seen like those viral TikTok videos to where they just put together like, uh, and then they have some of these on YouTube also. So I would definitely, you know, Keep doing this with YouTube shorts, which is probably what you're doing um, while you're doing the long form content as well. But like start noticing the content that does well in shorts and then start seeing, like, okay, when I do these types of videos in shorts, they typically do pretty good. So because of that, I'm going to take that information and see if I can actually make some of that into either like a compilation long form or a long form video that would be something of a similar nature to where people could get, you know, uh, more of a deeper dive of that same type of value that they're getting from the short but in the long form content. Um, because like some of those like I get re- I get recommended all the time like TikTok videos, YouTube short stuff like that, where people are doing all these like crazy things with like woodworking. And uh, and you'll sit there and watch and uh, next thing you know, you're getting you know, recommended all this woodworking stuff from that channel. So you know, that part of it definitely works. But it's usually the stuff that is the most unique that will you know, that will stand out. Um, Let's see here, so next up on our list here, we've got Finbar's World. Finbar's World, um, they do a comic book channel. Oh, we did this one already. Okay, next up on our list here, we've got Calming Coziness, love that channel name, says I have a channel that's about white noise and sleep. The goal of the channel is um, to help people sleep, and the question is how can I improve my description use, and how can I improve my thumbnails, and how can I make 10 hour rain videos on my iPhone? On your iPhone, I'm not sure because you're going to have a – you're probably – I'm not going to say you're going to. You you might have a limitation in the amount of time that a – app on your phone will let you render something or the amount of time the length of a video so on a phone i'm really not sure i wish i could i wish i could help you with that one um thomas in thailand said thank you for the super chat man says i emailed a few creators in thailand should i have them sign a contract with the b-roll they provide me belongs to me for my solo use technically you can do that kind of thing but if you are hiring them to do it um then you know technically like, I mean, technically, you know, they probably shouldn't be working in that capacity anyway. Um, but if you are hiring them to do it, then, um, then you know, you could have contracts in place and all that they sign. Um, but I know that just with, you know, content creators in general, that typically people are excited about that kind of stuff. Like I've had numerous content creators that have come to Thailand um, and we have just like ran around, you know, like Chiang Mai, for example. And I've just like went out and gotten like drone footage of them, like driving motorbikes and, you know, stuff like that just as like a, hey, we're content creators, let's go make some content <laughs> type of thing. I would just give it to them and they can, you know, use it freely as whatever they want. And then I have it also, and I can use it for whatever I want as well. So, um, so when it comes to, you know, that it's just figuring out, you know, okay, do I want to have it to where I'm exclusively using this B-roll or is it going to be cool for both of us to use it because they're shooting it? Or if I'm paying them for it, then in that case, you know, it's all, it's all mine. Right. Care of design. Hey, what's up, dude. Welcome to the Nimminati. So you're already in the Facebook group. Um, you're just renewing right now. So you're already in the Facebook group, so I won't go through my whole bit there. <laughs> but one thing that you do need to do is a heads up, um, because I'm locking everything down in March, um, March 1st actually. So make sure you do go to NimminVIP.com and that's going to take you to Members Amp. Connect everything through there. You're going to get some some additional stuff there as well. Um, but make sure you connect through there because anybody that's not connected to that um, come March 1st. Anybody that's in the group that's not connected to that, I'm I'm um, I'm removing them from the uh, Facebook group. So that way we can focus on, you know, people that are participating um, versus uh, the people that are uh, people that are not. Um, let's see here. So next up on our list here, we've got um, Frizen Effects says they do mental health and performance content. The goal of the channel is to consciously generate frisian, um euphoric chills, goosebumps to maximize our lives. The question is, have you ever felt you fear goosebumps or chills from a song, a quote, a movie scene, art, or something that moved or inspired you? If so, do you leverage this feeling for content creation? Um, So yes, I've definitely felt, um, I've definitely felt that from music. Um, I felt it from, you know, movie scenes, quotes, all that stuff. Um, In terms of leveraging that feeling for content creation. So this is going to sound a little bit weird, but sometimes, like if I am sharing um like some type of information it'll typically happen here in a live stream but not in video content but like if i'm sharing something and i'm giving like somebody advice about something and it's it's tip it typically happens to me when it's outside of like how do i get views how to get subscribers stuff like that if it's like a question outside of that usually if i start going down like a rabbit hole of some kind on something um my brain will be like hey, you're kind of nailing this, you're probably adding like a lot of value here to this person. And then out of that, like I, you know, like, I'll I'll get like a little bit of, you know, that type of, you know, feeling as well. Um, But in terms of, um, you know, like, trying to make that happen. No, um, that's not something that I personally uh, leverage in any way, shape or form. But it is something that every now and then, I would say like one in like 15 live streams, probably like that'll happen. Um let's see here so uh, the next one here is from Simple Nail Design. Simple Nail Design says they do nail content. The goal of the channel is to be monetized and earn an income from it. The question is, I'd like to live stream one day. How do I create a thumbnail to let my subscribers know of a future date and time for a live stream? So you can do this directly inside of YouTube. You can schedule a live stream. Um, you can also do this through um, third party services like StreamYard as an example, where you can um, you know, kind of schedule everything um, in advance there. And then when you do that, you are going to see on your YouTube channel, you're going to see um, that you're gonna have an option. I mean, they'll by default put it up there anyway, but you're also going to have an option of a shelf that you can add to your channel page. If you go into the customization settings of your um, channel and it's gonna say upcoming live streams there, if you choose to, you can put like a grid of like, hey, these are the live streams that are coming up. And then if people are choosing to go to, you know, each individual stream, then of course they can schedule, um, you know, whichever stream they want to, or hit the reminder for whichever stream it is that they want. Um, let's see here. Next up on our list here, we've got six shop, six shop says that they do. Um, they talk about God talking related videos and the goal of the channels to improve their life and to be of service. And the question is, how do you stay motivated when your business plan goes sideways as in your videos don't do as well as hoped? Well, when it comes to anything, um, not just YouTube, but when it comes to anything, like everybody's been in that situation to where a situation doesn't work out the way you thought it was gonna work out, right? And because of that, in any of those situations that are in your own control, um, then what you have to do in that particular point is say, okay, well, something about this, um, another book that I didn't mention earlier is Extreme Ownership, and this kind of falls under that. And it's like, okay, if something doesn't work out, Um, Yes, there's always external factors, but in a lot of cases it always defaults back to us, maybe we needed to prepare more, maybe we needed to practice more, maybe we needed to learn more, maybe we need to, you know, put in more effort, maybe we needed to spend more time on something, you know, whatever. And because of that, when it comes to YouTube specifically, you know, if we are publishing content and it's not going as well as we had hoped, then the problem could be a expectation problem more than it is the videos not doing great problem, right? So when you are starting anything, YouTube is one of these things as well. um, There's all kinds of new stuff that you have to learn and YouTube is the same exact way. So if you start a YouTube channel and you've never done it before and you're like, hey, I'm gonna start publishing these videos and everybody's gonna love them and I'm gonna start just growing a channel really fast and it's gonna be just awesome. Then in that particular case, um, it might happen. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because it does happen, but typically it doesn't. So because of that, for every person that comes on like, hey, I'm gonna publish these videos, people are gonna love these and that they don't get that response. What you have to do is you have to say, okay, you know what? Um, I did the best that I could with these videos. People aren't responding to them the way that I had hoped yet. But what can I learn from this content that I've published? What can I learn from the data that YouTube gives me on the back end in terms of, you know, how people are clicking, how long people are watching, how many people are getting to the end of my videos, how many people are commenting on my videos, how many people are liking them, how many people are sharing them, how many people are giving me a thumbs down, right? Like, like, what can I learn from the content that I've published so that I can make other content that will hopefully help me raise that bar? right? Because when it comes to YouTube, there's this, there's, you know, the side of what it is that we want and what it is that we think that, you know, how people should respond to what it is that we're doing. And then there's the reality side, which is we have zero control over how people are going to respond to what it is that we do. All we can do is take the information that we gather through interacting with our audience and through the data that YouTube gives us to try to make content as good as we possibly can for the knowledge that we have at that moment in time, right? That's all we can do. So when you have, your, you know, where your business plan goes sideways in that case, and things aren't going as well as you had hoped, that means that you have to go back through the drawing board, just like always, right? If anything, like if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to, you know, figure out how to, you know, make a logo, right? I'm going to make a logo, it's going to suck, make another logo, it's also going to suck, I make another logo, it's going to suck, probably even worse than the first two, make another one, it's going to suck after, you know, a bunch of logos, I'm gonna be like, wow, th- these are, uh, well, this one's pretty good. I I might actually run with this one. (laughs) Right. So when it comes to, you know, YouTube and your videos and all that, like you have to, you know, turn that the camera back at you um, and say, like, hey, you know, if people aren't responding to this the way that I had hoped, then that means that, you know, my expectations aren't being met, which means that it still falls back on me, because I'm not making stuff in a way that people respond to in a good way, or I'm making it in the way, but maybe I'm just packaging it wrong. Maybe my thumbnails and titles are the problem. Maybe my content's awesome, but maybe I'm just having a really hard time getting people to actually click on what it is that I'm doing. But this is where you lean on, start leaning on your analytics for that kind of information. But the idea is that, you know, when, when it goes sideways and it's not working out the way that you had hoped. You have to, you know, you just have to go back to the drawing board and you have to say, okay, what could I do better? And you, and you got, and this is really hard, but you have to like, really be like, okay, it's not just what can I do better, but it's like, okay, what can I do better and what will I do to get better? right and what can I push myself to do to do better and like this is where I think everything is right now like how hard am I willing to push to get past this point to get out of what it is that I'm comfortable with and try to do something that's you know that's even further than what it is that I'm doing right now and the more that you keep doing that the the, the better you're going to end up doing but everything you know comes down to skills and you know your your content decisions and how you're packaging things up and how people are responding to your videos and all of that but one thing that I can tell you is when in in this section of the form here where you say um, the type of channel you have, you say I talk about God, Tolkien related videos, Marvel and DC. Okay, so I'm just going to put Marvel and DC into one category. So the very first problem that you have, in my opinion, is you're putting up three wildly different types of content on your YouTube channel. And because of that, you're causing a situation or you're creating a situation to where you are making it hard for people to binge watch your content and you're making it difficult to where if you put up a video about Marvel or DC and then you put up this Tolkien related video, well the people that are into Marvel and DC, they might not necessarily care about the Tolkien stuff. So they're not going to click on it if YouTube shows it to them. So because of that, you know, with such a scattered approach to the topics that you're talking about, you know, you could just be doing yourself in just with that alone. Um, Of course, each individual video would still probably do okay if people, or would still do good if people are responding to them. Um, But like right out of the gate, if you're just getting started, you're working against yourself or you're, 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 if the incline is normally like this with doing like three wildly different types of content, if the incline of growth is typically like this in terms of the mountain you have to climb, you're making it like this, right? maybe even like this, like almost vertical, just because that's such a hard thing to do. Um, when you're first getting started, because you're not helping YouTube understand who's the right fit for your content. So like when you're first starting and you're, and you're just putting out variety content like that, then, you know, like if you have a Marvel video take off and then you follow that up with a God video or a talking, video a, a, a Tolkien video. Then in that particular case, you could be undercutting yourself right there because then YouTube might recommend some of that content to the people that are really loving your Marvel content, and they're not going to respond to you know some of that or at least at scale. So um, so you know you're you're kind of making everything more difficult than than it needs to be if you could, the reason I'm saying all of this, and I'm being a little bit harsh on this one is because you're saying that, you know, your business plan has gone sideways, which means that you're that you're, you know, trying to do this as a way to like, and you mentioned it here, improve your life and be of service, but also to generate income, because it's a business plan. So because of that, that's why I'm being a little bit harsh on this one. But in reality, you need to figure out who it is that you're making content for you need to define like, okay, if I'm making content for people that are interested in these things, then every video that I publish, I have to ask myself, would the people that are interested in these things, let's say it's Marvel and DC. So people that are interested in Marvel and DC, would they, would they watch, would they be likely to watch this video about Tolkien? Nope. So because of that, I'm not putting it on the channel. Would they be, would they be likely to watch this video about, you know, this, uh, me talking about God, some of them, but, probably not. So because of that, you know, um, just figuring out like, who is it that you're making content for, and then trying to be of service that way by giving them content that they want, right? Because if you're wanting to be of service, it's not like, hey, I'm just going to make a bunch of stuff that I want to make and throw it up on my channel. If you want to be of service, you think of who am I going to serve? And then what do I need to produce in order to serve those people? Right? So um, so if you want it to work out, I recommend that you at least try what I just talked about, but, um, but if you're like, Hey, not a big deal, you know, um, uh, like if you're not like trying to get things moving as fast as possible, um, then in that case, you know, um, don't worry about it. But like, if you are like, Hey, I'm like trying to do this, like seriously, then, um, then I would definitely consider everything that I just talked about there. Um, So next up on our list here, we've got uh, Blue Harvest Vintage Toys, Blue Harvest Vintage Toys. Um, They have a channel to inform and entertain. The question is, how do I get more views? Um, Higher performing videos will get more views. So everything on YouTube is based on the response of the viewer. So if the viewers on YouTube are responding at a competitive rate for your content, YouTube will continue to show it to more people. As soon as it hits the threshold of people not responding to it at that competitive level against the other content that's going into those broader audiences, then uh, Um, Then that will be kind of like the, the ceiling until you figure out how to get past that. Um, Let's see here. Next up on our list, Sheep Plays says, uh, thanks for the super chat, says, um, hey, Nick, I'm a gaming channel focusing on scary games. I get some clicks, but retention is low. Should I focus on the edit or thumbnails more? I'm trying to do both, but what should I first do? Do both. (laughs) So, you know, when people click on your videos, they're gonna watch them too. So, you know, you should be working on both, but if you only have time to work on one and the problem that you're having right now um, is that you're getting clicks, but your retention is low, um, then in that case, I would work on the retention. retention. Because if you're if you are getting some clicks, but your retention is low, that means if you get a lot of clicks that your retention is going to be even lower. So because of that, I would work on your retention right now. Um, And then as soon as you can, I would also start filling in that side of you know, making sure that you're working on the thumbnails as well. Andrew can in the house. What's up, Andrew? Hope you're doing awesome, man. Nice to uh, nice to see you in here. So next up, we've got Healing Resonance. Healing Resonance does meditation, relaxation content. The goal of the channel is growth and monetization. Question is: As a Canadian content creator, I'm wondering if the um, Canada C11 bill is affecting my channel's views. Views and subscribers have been very low since August. I'm not sure. So I'm not Canadian. Um, so I'm familiar with what that bill is, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not like really like focused on that particular one. Um, I'm actually more focused on Section 230. Um, which is something that's going to be going to the Supreme Court. Um, there's a case called Gonzales versus Google, um, and it's all wrapped up in that about um, you, like you know YouTube recommending content, actually anything on the Internet that recommends content to people um, that is kind of under attack. So I was actually supposed to put out a video about that um, this week, um, but I just wasn't able to get it worked in. So um, I'll probably be publishing that next week sometime. Um, but I, I might do a live stream about it so we can kind of, you know, so I can answer some questions or whatever. Um, But I'm at least going to be publishing a video on that um, very soon um, to let everybody know kind of what's going on there um, as well. Um, Let's see here. So uh, Rene Ritchie says that C-11 hasn't passed yet. And he said it's been sent back to the House of Commons with Senate amendment um, that now has to be voted on again. Okay, so we've got uh, so we've got that information as well. So in that case, the answer would be no, then, since it hasn't passed in terms of if it's um, impacting your views or not. Um, just add more butter is the next question here. Just add more butter says they do baking and cooking content. The goal of the channel is to have an income, be it small or large and learn new recipes for my own benefit as well as sharing them with the internet world. The question is, I recently uploaded a short with tags and a good title, I got 12 views. It took down, I took it down, re-uploaded without tags and a vague title and I got 2.3 thousand views. Are tags, a, uh, are tags and a good title bad for shorts? so here's the thing when it comes to your um tags and a good title so the the title itself um is a part of that and of course you know people responding to the actual short um in terms of you uploading it got 12 views you taking it down re-uploading it without the tags and the vague title and it getting the 2.3 thousand views even though you think that the vague title might not be a good title, in terms of how people responded to it, that might be part of the equation in terms of people that are actually interacting with the content, seeing that as something that's intriguing to them. So you may have, it's possible, accidentally you know, made a good title for your video that would cause people to see the title and then watch it for a little bit longer. Um, but you know, it could be that the people that Happen to be swiping up at those moments in time, happen to enjoy your shorts compared to the first time that you uploaded it. Um, and that could have been, you know, part of the reason uh, as well. So many variables with all this stuff. Um, next up, we've got um, Shen Fits i had to like say that one in my head just to be on the safe side because <laughs> I was like, uh, this one, is this like, some, is this like the, uh, the guy calling, uh, the, the bar in Homer Simpson, right? I had to like be really careful there, but, um, the type of channel here is gaming. The goal of the channel is to entertain and hopefully earn some money. The question is a while back, you suggested I make a new channel since I haven't uploaded in a long time and YouTube most likely ranked my videos low. Um, uh, my question is, is this also the case? If I made a channel years ago, didn't post on it, and decided to start posting videos on it. So here's the thing when it comes to, if you haven't uploaded in a long time, um, um, you know, having the, you know, new channel, if it's like a really old channel, the reason for that, it's not that, um, that you're, it's going to rank your videos low. It's just that you don't have, you know, a lot of people that are interacting with that channel in the first place and the old content and the old audience for that channel, because it's a different topic, those people, um, wouldn't be interested in the new stuff, right? So even if it did go out to some of those people, they'd be likely not to click on it, um, because it would be of a different you know topic and because of that that's why you know you should definitely go the uh, the new channel route but um, in terms of you know having the channel years ago but didn't make any content on it um, that's okay because you haven't had anybody interacting with the channel yet right so in terms of YouTube knowing who the channel's for and you know things like that or having an idea of who to suggest it to the system can start fresh with that new video that you publish. Care of design. Thanks for the super chat, man. Says, "Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Nick. I should reach 10,000 subscribers in about six to eight months. Nice work. High five and fist bump to you. 100,000 in two to three years. Channel's on fire. And I think I know the game now. Awesome. Love, love, love seeing that. Absolutely love seeing that. Love it um let's see here hey also um just as a quick reminder i don't have the link um but if um if you want to because you're a mod here um andrew um if you want to drop the link to your discord in here um so andrew started a um a discord for content creators um i mentioned it in my last live stream we had a link in the description for it um but if you are a content creator that uses discord and you want to you know hang out with other youtubers in there as a heads up it's not like a you know subscribe to my channel and that kind of stuff it's not that it's basically other content creators that are serious about you know what's going on on YouTube they're trying to understand and learn more about YouTube if you are somebody like that then um, he has a discord group or you can just click on his channel name and go to his YouTube channel um, and you'll you know see his video about it over there but he has a um, discord that he created for content creators and when it comes to Andrew um, so for those of you that don't know him you might just like click on his name and then go look at his channel and be like oh but Andrew is responsible for growing multiple brand channels, but um, ones that you would know of would be the TubeBuddy YouTube channeled over 500,000 subscribers. He currently works with Disney on their YouTube channel. Like, um, Andrew is no joke when it comes to the YouTube game. So you'll learn a ton um, if you go into that group and you pay attention. <laughs> and, and, and you ask your questions, right? But it's called Can CanDo. Um, K-A-N-D-O um, is the name of the group if you search for it. But um, for those of you that are Discord um, users, I just wanted to let you know about it. And Renee says, um, just really quick, he says that the C-11 is the Canadian bill designed to modernize Canadian content guidelines, which previously only applied to to traditional media. Um, They want to fold in Netflix, etc., but YouTube also gets lumped in. Um, Let's see here. Next up on our list, we've got, let me refresh this over here. George on the rocks. George on the rocks says they do art tutorials. The goal of the channel is to build community and spread the love of art. And the question is, love your content. I listen to live streams in the background while I edit videos. So, no question there <laughs> at all. So glad that you're enjoying the content um, um, there, George on the rocks. Glad that you're enjoying the content and, um, and getting value out of uh, what it is that we do here. Um, next up on our list here, we've got real estate in Espanol with Claudia Fleisch. Um, they say that they do education of real estate information. The goal of the channel here is to get people to want to buy a house and to pull the trigger, um, have them contact me so I can refer them to real estate agents in their local market. And the question is, what do you think about doing shorts for an almost daily basis to increase subscribers to get closer to the 1000 mark for monetization and release a weekly long and release a weekly long video to share the main content. Um, I think it's fine. Like you know when it comes to subscribers, YouTube isn't specific about you need to have a 1000 subscribers from this particular thing, you just have to have a 1000 subscribers in total. So if you are getting people that are watching, you know, your, uh, your regular long form content, and you're getting the watch time that way, um, then in that particular case, by all means, you know, whatever it takes to get that 1000 subscribers, you can get into the partner program um, is definitely something you know, to to to, to consider. Um, But one thing also is, you know, when it comes to that, you are still going to be hit with, Four thousand hours of watch time, or ten million views in a ninety-day period for shorts. So, four thousand hours of watch time on like long-form content, like videos and live streams, or uh, uh, ten million views in a, uh, in a in a in a ninety-day period uh, for shorts um let's see here so next up on our list we're on number 25 now we've got uh not yet decided on the channel name so this one's somebody getting ready to start the type of channel just says finn they do education and information and the question is what would be the ideal workflow be if i just want to present a canva presentation with voiceovers also is a faceless channel a good idea faceless channels are fine um when it comes to faceless channels um they can add value to people just like any other type of channel on youtube there's tons of faceless channels out there that do awesome um so you know in your particular case, if you're going to be doing Canva presentations, Um, with voiceovers, then you would need something to record your screen. And then you would need like a microphone or your phone up close to where you can get the audio file out of it, and then get it into your computer so that you can, you know, sync everything up with your uh, with your edit that you do. But if you're doing screen recording, I'm going to guess that you probably have like a computer that you're doing it on. If that's the case, then in that particular case, you might want to get either a USB microphone like a Blue Yeti, or they also have and I'll just grab it here real quick so you can see it. They also have these, um, and they have different versions of it. This one's like, a, I think, like the mid one, but I think they have one that's a little bit shorter now. Um, but basically, Rode makes these, and as part of this, um, it comes with all these different adapters on it. Like, I plug this one into the camera, but um, some of the other adapters that came with it, I can plug this directly into my MacBook, and I can just use this by itself as the, as the microphone because it's all powered in here. It has, like, you know, um, like chips or whatever inside of it so that you can um, so that it basically will be able to read that it's connected to a computer. Um, and you can you know, use one of these as your microphone and the, the signal on this is fantastic. Um, they also have like a really cheap, um, like little interface type thing that you can use if you do have another type of um, uh, it's called like a micro I think it's called if you do have another type of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, microphone that you'd want to use yeah video mic go to um the suggested retail price um jerry says is 99 dollars for the video mic go to i'm not sure is that what this is I'm, I'm not sure what uh i'm not sure what the name of this one is off the top of my head yeah i'm looking for it but i don't see it um let's see here video mic go to is the name of this one okay got it got it got it got it so um let's see here so next up on our list um question number oh it's not that one okay um, oh, is that the short one? Is that the, is that the really small one? Yeah, there's, um, there's that one too. Oh, they, yeah, they have the the one now, I think that's only like this, like that, that long, right? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, let's see here. So next up we've got um, bankroll is the YouTube channel. It's an awesome channel name. Do you have the URL for that? Man, that's a a great name. Um, Anyway, you do live gaming content. The goal of the channel is to become monetized and make it a living. And the question is, I use a PC when I make my thumbnails for my... um, Hold on. I use a PC so when I make my thumbnails for my scheduled scheduled stream, it doesn't connect. How do I fix that? Thanks for the announcement. Um, So you have a PC and you make thumbnails for your live stream and it doesn't show your thumbnails? I'm not 100% understanding your question. So if YouTube isn't showing your thumbnails, just make sure that you're uploading the correct size and all that Um, YouTube actually recommends unless they've updated it within the last like six months. um, They recommend uh, nine or sorry, 1280 by 720 thumbnails. I always upload and I always have uploaded 1920 by 1080. um, Just because I like having that, you know, up there. So if I need it, for some reason, I can just grab it off of YouTube. Um, But the um, uh, 1280 by 720 is the recommendation, the recommended uh, recommended size for your thumbnails. So make sure that they are at least that size, um, and yeah, you should you should be good to go from that. I'm not really sure why you would have any issues there of your thumbnail passing uh, thumbnail passing through. So one thing that you might be doing is you might oh it doesn't connect with my PS5. Oh your PS5. Okay, so schedule your stream um on youtube and then connect via our does playstation 5 allow rtmp or RMTP, if so, then set it up on YouTube. You can do this on your mobile um, browser if you want to, um, or if you have a computer you have access to, you can do it there, or technically you can probably use the browser in your PlayStation to do it, Um, but set it up there and then you can get a stream key and RTMP, RMTP information, um, and you should be able to put that directly into um, the PlayStation for where you're gonna be streaming it to, and then that should be able to let you port right through. But on the thumbnail though, Wherever it is that you schedule the stream, that's where you want to upload the thumbnail from. Um, So like if you make the thumbnail like somewhere else, then schedule the stream, give yourself enough time to where you can like access it either in your browser on your phone or on a computer and then um, go add your thumbnail there. So when you are scheduling it um, first, put it as like an unlisted stream, then get your thumbnail and all that stuff in there. Um, Actually, no, because you scheduled it. So it would default that way. So yeah. So yeah, schedule it and then go in, man, I'm trying to think of that workflow. Yeah, so when you schedule it, yeah, you should be able to go in through the live now option through your live interface, and then you should be able to go into, no, that'd be the schedule. So yeah, so you just go into your content tab, then you would go to live, live would show you the streams that you have scheduled, and then you can just click into that and add your thumbnail, and then you'll be able to do it there. Um, let's see here, next up on the list says Circle H Scuba, says that they have educational how-to reviews, tutorials, and scuba diving content. The goal of the channel is hoping to get more people into scuba diving and earn enough income over time to allow me to pursue a full-time job in scuba diving. The industry pays very little, so it's not feasible without supplemental income. And the question is, the scuba industry is behind the times in terms of internet marketing, let alone influencer marketing and social media. Any tips on educating a brand on why they need to get into influencer marketing, let alone trying to land a brand deal? So, um, When it comes to trying to get people to work with you that don't see the big picture in terms of they don't realize what's going on on the internet right now, um, you are definitely going to have your work cut out for you. But one thing I can tell you is like the immediate industry that maybe is in your circle, they might not be up to speed, but there are people that are up to speed on that. So I would try to figure out who they are. So one thing that you can do is I would watch every scuba channel that you can find on YouTube. And I would hit their video descriptions. I would look for any sponsor, you know, information, anything like that, so that you can um, figure out who it is that's working with them also. And then of course you can just cold call um, or cold message, you know, all these different companies, let them know. Hey, I've got a YouTube channel, and one way that you can do this to be the most effective is to start promoting something as an affiliate first. Get some stats in terms of the traffic that you can send to something, and then hit somebody up. Um, you know, hit up a bunch of different companies, put a media kit together. Say, hey, look, this is my YouTube channel. This is my average view counts um, for the things that I currently promote. This is the type of traffic that I send to them based on you know the the you know cost of your products, things like that. If you can get a similar conversion, then you'd be able to generate X amount. So for that my sponsorship, you know, fee would be or my advertising fee would be x. But I also have packages available, where you know, we could work together for like a series of videos to make sure that we get some, you know, deeper penetration with the audience, that kind of stuff. Um, In terms of, you know, trying to paint the picture to them, of the value that you can bring to them as an influencer. Because if they have no clue, then they're just using like traditional, you know, media to get attention to their stuff. And for them, that's like, hey, this is great. But if you can show them numbers like, hey, these are my viewers, these are my average view counts, these are the conversions that I'm getting from things that I already promote, then you're going to be talking their language, right, you're going to be speaking in a way that they're going to understand. And you know, if you can do that in a way, um, in terms of, you know, you are driving affiliate sales, and you can show them numbers like hey this is how much i can drive um then in that particular case you know you should be able to get some people on board super celestial medicine
1: if you're enjoying the show remember to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend
2: right now
0: says, um, is it best to edit your own videos? If not, where can I find an editor? I don't know who could possibly edit my videos, um, but it would save so much time. So there's a lot of different options for video editors. Um, I do recommend that you work with somebody that does know about YouTube. Um, so we have a video editing service, which I'm actually not really like like really promoting anymore because I'm kind of, just because the work involved there just kind of was something that I ended up not being as interested in as I thought I was gonna be. But um, if you hit me up, I can connect you with the guy that, um, that was, you know, that I was doing that with. Um, But you can go there now and see it's vidcharge.com is the name of it. Um, But I can connect you with him if you want to just send me a message on like Twitter or something like a DM. Um, I haven't checked my DMs in like two weeks over there. Um, But um, but if I know that you're going to be sending me a message, then I can, you know, I can look. But um, um, also there's another one called vidchops. Um, VidChops is also one. Um, Augie is the is the person that owns it. He's also like a like a established content creator, um, so he understands YouTube as well. Like the thing that you want to think about when you're hiring an editor is you can hire somebody off of Fiverr that knows how to edit videos, but editing videos and editing videos for YouTube is two totally different things. So because of that, you want to make sure that you are working with people that do understand YouTube. Um, in addition to that, um, you're going to end up paying for it here. Um, I mean, any of those scenarios, you're going to end up paying you know probably a decent amount for it. But the, um, another place you can look is YT jobs. I think it's.co, um, like YT .co. I think is the, the URL, but that's, um, Patty Galloway's website. And there they vet, content creators, all the different services that they provide, they vet people on the way in. So they have like professional thumbnail designers that now they're expensive, but you know, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, but they have like, you know, very talented, expensive thumbnail designers. They have very talented, you know, um, uh, consultants, they have very talented script writers, they have talented uh, uh, video editors, um, you know, every part of the process, um, you know, people that repurpose content, all that stuff, they have it over there. Andrew can. Thanks. for the Super chat, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. It says hydrate. Yeah. I actually brought, uh, some, uh, coconut water, not sponsored by, uh, this stuff. I drink this stuff so good here, uh, locally. Try to get it up there. It's called Coco max. I don't know if you guys have it over that side, but yeah, this stuff is uh, great. And I'm all out of coffee, which you know what that means here in just a minute. (laughs) Uh. All right. So, um, I've made quite a mess of my desk during this live stream. So I've got, uh, I've got like a big pile of books over here, a microphone. I've got like coffee cups over here. I've got that over there. have turned my desk has turned into a mess during this live stream. So, okay. So next up here, um, on our list. Hey, really quick slots of fun says, Hey, what do you think of scoring value of social blade for comparison when comparing our performance to other channels with similar content? Don't even worry about um, other channels with similar content in terms of like channel performance. Instead, what you need to, what you need to do is you need to um, go into your audience retention reports for each individual video. I have a short on my video or on my YouTube channel that shows you how to do this. Go into your audience retention reports for your videos. Go, do this on a computer click into see more right because you're going to see that quick view and the quick stats click into see more so you see like the full view and then there you're going to see a drop down you're going to see absolute retention that is your video performance by itself right this is second by second how people are uh, responding to your videos if you select that um that option you're going to see a drop down that's going to say relative audience retention if you change it to that then youtube is going to show you how you're competing against other videos of similar length and by doing that, that's going to show you like how competitive your videos are. Um, so when it comes to, you know, using like social blade to compare channels, eh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily do that because you know, comparing that their channel performance to yours doesn't really do anything for you, right? Because you can see they're doing better than me or they're not doing better than me. It's not really gonna teach you anything. But if you are looking at it at the video level, you'll learn something. Because there you can be like, oh, you know, here, you know, they're you know, like I'm way underperforming, you know, after the first like, you know, 30 seconds of my video or during the first 30 seconds in my video I'm way underperforming or I'm way underperforming here it just kind of helps paint a more realistic or not a realistic picture it just helps paint a picture of something that you can actually work with right because if you just look and like hey this is their trajectory and this is mine doesn't really do much um so Rachel says can you explain that one more, one more time yeah as a matter of fact I have a short on my YouTube channel because I don't have a lot of shorts right now um I have a short on my channel I'll drop it in here um for you right now give me one second and I'll uh I'll find it but basically the idea Wow, my thumbnail isn't showing on my uh, on my live stream here. Huh, interesting. So um, let's see here, let me go into my shorts. Yeah, it's something like uh, get more views by doing this, easily grow your channel, how to see if people really like your videos. Okay, so I'm gonna drop this here for you. And this is that particular short that will show you the full path on how to get there. Um, but just as a quick verbal, um, you just go into your audience retention reports, click in see more, right? Cause you see that quick view, right? When you go into your, um, your reach tab, you're gonna see like, you know, all of that information then down at the very bottom, you're gonna see your audience retention reports. Um, and then if you click into that, then you're going to see that little dropdown that you can select. You're gonna have to be on a computer for it cause it's not currently available on mobile unless you're accessing in desktop mode on a mobile device. Um, let's see here. So next up on the list, we've got King CMC TV, what is going on? So, um, let's see here. King CMC TV does. Daily content, they do gaming content. The goal is to get monetized. And the question is, I live stream on YouTube in 1080 HD. When I download my videos, it comes out blurry. Do you know how I can fix the blurry download? I even use Premiere Pro to try to fix it, but it still comes out blurry. Yeah, adding sharpness um, can you know can help with that. But keep in mind, when you're uploading something to the internet, um, it, it gets compressed. So even though through your streaming software, it might not be compressed. It may, I mean, it's getting compressed no matter what, but some streaming software, you can dial in your bit rates and stuff like that in order to, you know, try to get it up as, you know, with as less compression as possible. But once it's on there, it's going to end up getting compressed and then you're going to end up, you know, downloading a, a version that's more compressed, but the higher quality that you can get up there the less you're going to see that compression on the way back down. So because of that, just try to get the best quality you can get going up. And then the more that you improve that, the better the download quality is gonna be on whatever it is that you are gonna be pulling back down.
2: Super
0: Um, Let's see here, Tommy T's roller coaster says, Nick help, how can I make videos do better in the first 10 seconds? Major drops in that time span when all my coasters start slow from the coaster station. Um, I'm not sure if you're doing any voice work on them. Um, but that might be the way to do it if you're not already. So if you just show like, Hey, this is, you know, like, this is, you know, them starting to like go up the, you know, the hill or whatever, then in that particular case, you know, just saying, you know, maybe the video starts and you say what it is that you are, you know, like, you know, Hey, this is, this is the ride. This is, uh, you know, the, 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 the game, or this is the thing that I pulled this from, or this ride is so fun. Kind of hype it up, right? Oh, this ride is so fun. You're going to love this video after the first drop or after this first drop, or Hey, if you're just coming in, you got to see this first drop. You're going to absolutely love it. And just like say that, and just like experiment with different things that you can say there to kind of get people a little bit hyped about what might be on the other side of that, of that climb would be something to, uh, to experiment with. Ooh, that's good. Story retold says um, coasters um, says uh, maybe start with an on-screen timer counting down to the action part. Yeah, that's a that's a clever idea. Also, um, uh, the only thing the, the only downside that I see with that is in his content because I'm familiar with what he makes in his content, you can actually see that drop. Like you can see where where it's gonna be happening. So the countdown would kind of support that also to where it's like, hey, it's it's on the way, but this is how much time it's gonna take there. Definitely something to experiment with um, because they would be able to see that and then they would see the time as well, at least give them two things to focus on. Definitely something to, uh, to experiment with there. All right. So, um, first off, I just wanna say thank you everybody for hanging out in the stream today. I hope you got value out of the content today. Um, currently, my brother and Daniel Batal are looking at YouTube channels. I'm gonna send you a link right here. Um, But they are looking at YouTube channels and they are giving feedback on things that content creators can do better. They do a really awesome thing over there. It's like a game show for content creators um, to where, you know, they they they'll pull up random channels out of the chat. This is all based on like you put in a hashtag. They have this like spinner thing and then it like pulls, you know, the channels in. And then um, and then they'll give you tips based on the different thing that you know that you won by you know putting in that hashtag. It's really fun. So um, I recommend that you go over there you'll learn a ton just by the tips that they give for some of the channels that they pull up. But um, besides that, have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out and as soon as I end this broadcast it's going to default over to them so um, so you don't even have to do anything you can just sit here and it's gonna go right there here in just a second. But thank you everybody for hanging out today. Um, have an awesome rest of your weekend. I do have a bunch of things down in the description that will help you out as a content creator. So make sure that you check those out and like this video right now before I hit this end button because when I hit this end button, it's gonna shoot you over there. So make sure you give this a thumbs up. Everybody have an awesome rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for hanging out. And um, I will see you next Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. And uh, Valentine's Day is coming up here in just a couple days. So for those of you that are coupled, um, just as a quick reminder there, um, make sure that you do remember that Valentine's Day is coming up too. Have a great weekend. (laughs)